Wasn't L. Ron Hubbard a science fiction writer? Yes, but he was also a prophet who knew the secret truth about the nature of life. This is just too much. We want to reveal to Stan the great secret of life behind our church. The safely guarded Scientology doctrine. Please, your son deserves to be enlightened. Stan, do you want to hear the great secret doctrine of life behind Scientology? Sure. All right, go ahead and tell him. You see, Stan, there is a reason for people feeling sad and depressed. An alien reason. It all began 75 million years ago. Back then, there was a galactic federation of planets, which was ruled over by the evil Lord Zenu. Zenu thought his galaxy was overpopulated, and so he rounded up countless aliens from all different planets, and then had those aliens frozen. Frozen alien bodies were loaded onto Xenu's galactic cruisers, which looked like DC-8s, except with rocket engines. The cruisers then took the frozen alien bodies to our planet, Earth, and dumped them into the volcanoes of Hawaii. The aliens were no longer frozen. They were dead. The souls of those aliens, however, lived on and all floated up towards the sky. But the evil Lord Xenu had prepared for this. Xenu didn't want their souls to return, and so he built giant soul catchers in the sky. The souls were taken to a huge soul brainwashing facility, which Xenu had also built on Earth. There, the souls were forced to watch days of brainwashing material, which tricked them into believing a false reality. Xenu then released the alien souls, which roamed the Earth aimlessly in a fog of confusion. At the dawn of man, the souls finally found bodies which they could grab onto. They attached themselves to all mankind, which still to this day causes all our fears, our confusions, and our problems. L. Ron Hubbard did an amazing thing telling the world this incredible truth. Now all we're asking you to do is pick up where he left off. It's like nine minutes long. Well, the, the original version. The Tom Cruise one? Yeah. Well, because there's the ten-minute excerpt, but isn't that part of an hour-long... Wasn't it a whole hour-long ceremony? I don't even know where it was from, because there's a... Have you seen the one I of him? Said, I read because they were suing... Well, the Church of Scientology was forcing Gawker to take it down, because um, they said that somebody stole it from one of their personal training sessions from inside the church. Uh, have you seen the footage of, of Tom Cruise on stage? And then he salutes the L. Ron Hubbard painting. No. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh. oh, it's great. It really is wonderful. I'll find it instead of you. They all just pretend he's still alive. <laughs> How do you know he's not? He's on the island with Mrs. Howell and Gilligan. Uh, all right. The weird thing about L. Ron Hubbard is when you see the old footage of him, he always looks a little bluish. Like as though he's just been reanimated. And his voice always sounds like it's running at about half speed. When you hear L. Ron Hubbard talk, he always has that... And it, it, it is as though he's on like an old belt-style turntable and it's just been, just been stretched out of here too much. Uh, why, hello, it's four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and it's the month of January in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. 
Fellowship Radio. Uh, we are here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by. We uh, appreciate it. It is Thursday, and uh, welcome to Day 12. It's 503-733-2970. If you want to uh, be part of the program today, telephonically speaking, 503-733-2970. Uh, Richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your what have you. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, you can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com, Sarah at 970.am, Tim at 970.am, or uh, Richie with a T at 970.am. I'm trying to open this email for my friend Siegfried here. Somebody has uh, he sent us along. I think this might, in fact, be a picture of the Starship Enterprise from the upcoming J.J. Abrams Star Trek film. Ooh. I'm trying to get it. Okay, really? I don't mean for this to sound creepy. But, you know, everybody just found it so hot that you made that noise about the Star uh, Trek no. movie. A lot of people don't like Star Trek, though. I'm coming to find that out. And my friends actually have made fun of me about it. You know, F them. Star Trek is really cool. They can get bent. They can die in a fire. Well, especially now, it'll, it has, like, novelty, too, because, like, the guy from Heroes is going to play Spock. Right. And, you know, I, people will watch it. Yeah, I'm not, like, the biggest Star Trek fan, but I do recognize its pop culture importance, and I am looking forward. I think, now, I may be wrong about this. Uh, Aaron and Scott went to see Cloverfield on uh, whatever Tuesday, I think. And it, I don't know whether they show, like when you go to see a press screening like that, because I never get invited to those things. And it, I've gone to a couple of them, and I don't really even remember if they show trailers before. But I do believe that the teaser trailer for the new Star Trek film is going to be before Cloverfield. So I think if you go see Cloverfield this weekend, you're going to get to see the teaser trailer for the new Star Trek film. It's all very exciting. In any event, uh, it's 503-733-2970 uh, or rick at rickemerson.com. Apparently, here's, and I'm, I'm going to just spoil anything. That's just, I don't know. I haven't seen it. But the rumor about the new Star Trek teaser trailer, and teaser trailers to me are always better than the actual trailer. Because the actual trailer, especially for the last 10 years or so, we're into this whole... This whole thing where the studio feels like they have to condense the entire... It's like when you watch one of those YouTube videos where they present The Godfather in 90 seconds. That's what all trailers have become, where you just kind of see the whole movie front to back, and then it obviates actually seeing the film. Teaser trailers are always better because it just sort of whets your appetite. It just gets you kind of excited for it without really giving anything away. Apparently, the teaser trailer for the new Star Trek film is just going to be... It's going to be an ultra-close-up of a guy, I don't know, like welding something... You know, just like well working on a piece of metal, and then it's the long one camera shot pullback, and then it pulls all the way back to like half a mile away, and you see that he's working on the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there you go. All right. Um, here's what's uh, coming up today, ladies and gents, Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. Oh, by the way, uh, if you, uh, I don't know if it's grammatically correct to say shout outs or shout shouts out. I don't really know. I think shout outs. Out. I'm not going to worry about it too much. Uh, shout out today to uh, Natalie. Natalie, who is listening. Natalie is a listener that we met last night. Uh, ran into a few listeners last night. So, uh, Natalie, hello. Thank you for joining us. Can you feel yourself becoming smarter and more entertaining just by listening? There you go. Natalie. Uh, in any event. What was I talking about? Ah, here's what's coming up today. CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will be joining us from Washington, D.C. She's going to try to talk about... An economic stimulus package. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to insist on talking about the uh, political season again. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from New York City. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer joining us today at 1.35. 
Did we ever hear anything else in the Jamie Lynn thing, or was that published and then immediately withdrawn by everybody? Done. Nowhere to be found. Fantastic. That's my favorite kind of news. Uh, let's see. The completely unfounded kind. The completely scurrilous kind. Uh, what else? Uh, snuff watch coming up today. Uh, taser watch coming up today. Glorious bastard of the week. Uh, coming up today. Uh, speaking of teaser trailers, here's the thing that I can't really reveal anything about until Monday. Uh, Monday morning, we're going to reveal this. I put a little thing on my blog about it. We are we have a fantastic prize we're going to be giving away. I told you guys what it was. Mm-hmm. We have a... Is, I really... I, I think it's true if I say that this is the best contest we've ever had. It's going to be... Oh, I haven't even told you guys the mechanism, though, for how we're going to give it away. And by you guys, I mean Sarah and Tim. Now, you guys know the prize. We, we yeah. talked to you about this yesterday. The prize is fantastic. The mechanism by which we're going to give it away, if I do say so myself, is pretty fabulous as well. Now, I hate to be that guy talking about a thing that you're not going to... You'll have to just tune in Monday. Uh, Monday, we'll be revealing this uh, prize package we're going to be giving away and uh, the means by which you might win it. You should be listening for that. That's Monday. Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, we may or may not talk to uh, Timmy Ryan, who I guess was already on the phone. Well, I think was on the phone to Richie like two hours ago. You shouldn't. You shouldn't give away the... The punchline. Well, I'll just say this. When we last spoke with Timmy Ryan, something about a Reese Witherspoon lookalike uh-huh. who works yeah. at the Plaid Pantry. I did, by the way, ask some of the girls upstairs who go to the Plaid Pantry a lot, because uh, you can always kind of get the straight scoop from girls on this. Guys are always just blinded by idiocy and drunkenness and hormones. And so I asked the girl, I said, I said, is, I said, is there a woman who works across the street, Plaid Pantry, who in some weird haze of alcoholic stupor you could think looked like Reese Witherspoon? And they said yes. So I've never seen did, her. I don't did they know. Did she was cute? I didn't ask. I didn't. Uh, I, oh, you did ask, and they said she wasn't cute. I, I didn't. I didn't. I it, to be. I did not ask actually. Well, I want to go over and see if she's working. She's right now. never there when I'm working. There's a woman who works there in the morning who is also blonde, but I know that's not her because this woman. Look, the woman who's working now looks a lot different. And oh, maybe she's Miss Oregon. No. Well, Chris well, Witherspoon uh, works there. Why? I was going to say. I, I suppose, depending on one's read of Oregon, Tim, that. Oh, no. We, Miss seen, McMinnville. We've seen Miss Oregon. She is an attractive lady. <laughs> Miss Oregon is hot. She yeah. was really Miss Oregon looks like Scarlett Johansson. Just like a pole dancer, as you said the other day. <laughs> See how I tried to be classy? and <laughs> Why do you have to ruin everything, Sam? <laughs> well, well, it's a compliment, I suppose. It is. People pay to see that. Mm-hmm. Not from Miss Oregon. That's the best of my knowledge. But she, she may want to get into that business someday. I'll be sure to pass your thoughts along to her, Tim. I'm sure she'll appreciate your career advice. Best show ever. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, anyway, so there you go. I don't even know what I was thought. Oh, anyway, so Monday we'll announce that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Timmy Ryan had been in yesterday, and it revealed that he had scored a date uh, with this vixen who works at the plaid pantry across the street. Uh, and who's named after a cat. Yeah, her name is Tabby, apparently. And I'm only saying that because he already said it, so what are you going to do? Uh, so, later on today, the results of that date. I guess he was on the phone with Richie a couple hours ago giving Richie the lowdown. So, we'll, as oh, men do. Uh, anyway. She let herself out through the cat door. Tim. Uh-huh. So, Tim and I were talking about that actually right at the top of the show, about the people. And I'm not trying to pass judgment on Timmy Ryan. Timmy Ryan is, has a certain strange charisma to him, I suppose. But, generally speaking, it's like people who take off their pants on the max. It's just, you know, it's just people who ought not be revealing any part of their body. You know what I mean? It's why we were talking about some people, I won't name names, but a couple of people we used to work with who... They're quite a few, 
few people we used to work with. Who both on the air and then just around the studio would sit and go on and on about the details of their private, intimate encounters, about their sex lives. And, you know, unless you ask for it, nobody wants to know. And nobody really wants... Well, I mean, it, it, even if you do... Well, I was going to say even if you do ask, but I'm just saying nobody wants to know. The number of people I know, like in my day-to-day, like, look, at, like it's one thing if Scarlett Johansson or Miss Oregon decides to tell the details of their sex lives. I, but think about just the average people you know in your life, people maybe you work with, people in your day-to-day existence, whoever shares the office, you know, with you, whoever might be across the hall from you. Ask yourself if you really know want to know what that person does when they go home and they strip off their clothing. The answer is probably not. Just most people aren't that attractive or that interesting. Uh, and these, and the, the couple of people that Tim and I were talking about, I'm not going to identify them. I'm just going to say they're a couple of the ugliest people I've ever known in my life. I'm sure they're decent people in some way, maybe. But I'm just saying they're unattractive. They're unappealing in every way. There are certain uh, area towns where that type of procreation is encouraged, and that's fine. <laughs> but they, they ins- have to keep their population going. They, <laughs> they insisted on talking about their sex lives all the time. And we didn't want to, as they say in New York, I didn't want to know from that. Anyway. I found that the people who talk most about their sex lives have, like, the worst sex I, lives. I know. I'm with you on that. Yeah, but no, it's you, like, don't, you don't have to brag about it. If you're happy, stop talking. You know, you don't talk about it. Well, you and I, Sarah, have had that discussion before about people we know who feel compelled. It, it, compelled. No. It, what? Who? Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking of somebody else. You're thinking of that person. I was thinking of somebody else altogether. Do I know the person that yeah. you're thinking of? Yes. Never mind. Anyway. Okay. I'm just, but, you know, people who just feel compelled for no readily apparent reason. Anytime the conversation drifts even remotely towards l'amour, then they have to uncork some observation to let you know just how much sex they're having. It's ongoing. It's all the time. And it's of a variety that you can't even comprehend. And you're just sitting there going, stop. Stop. And you don't even know, dude. <laughs> dude. You don't even know. Dude, you don't even know. Dude, I can't even tell you, but I will. I will In unless detail. you. I will unless you gag me. Unless you cut out my tongue, I'll talk about it. That was more of a '70s thing when people came to work. That's the thing too. See, here's the other thing. I was just thinking about that as well. I know that we're already way off course today, and I mean, we already got people on hold. And whatever. Know, the, the, the 500-pound guy with the boils on his face <laughs> talking about all the. Blank, blank, he did last night. Yeah, exactly. And it is kind of a 70s thing. And even when it's not somebody who was alive in that era, it's almost like they're channeling that. You know what I mean? It's like they're channeling the Brian Fantana kind of vibe. Um, And I used to work with this guy. I won't give his last name. This was years and years and years ago. Different market. I used to work with a guy named Ken. And this guy, Ken, would always come in, and he was like with the non-sequitur sex comments. And what I mean by that is a comment that... It's one thing if you're talking about sex or girls or dating or whatever, and somebody goes, yeah, well, you know, speaking of that, let me tell you about this one time I had two, you know, or whatever. That, that is like its own level of ick. But then the non sequitur sex comment is when it literally comes from nowhere. And I would be working with this guy, Ken, and it, he would, like, this is back when I was a, a, a radio DJ, and I'd be finishing up my shift, and he would be like the guy coming on after me. So, like, he'd be on the air midnight. So he'd come in around 11.45, and he's, you know, filling out his paperwork and pulling his CDs or whatever. And I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm signing all my paperwork just trying to get done so I can leave at midnight. I'm sitting there, no noise in the room except, the you know, the monitor speakers playing the song and then the, the scratching of my pen on the FCC log. And Ken is over there pulling out his CDs, and then for no readily apparent reason, he would then say something like, 
I don't know about you, but it's about time that I go out and get laid. And you're just like, dude, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> Where did you... And those... Here's the other thing about guys like that. Guys who have that weird 70s Sex Panther vibe, they are also the guys who have to unbidden tell you how long it has been since they last got some. Or, you know, like when the last time it happened was, or, I don't know, man, I'm going on three or four days. I uh, got to go out and find me something. You're just like, I... Any of your heads, will you please shut up? Will you please quit talking about this? Will you please never bring this up again? I have to go home and jam Q-tips into my brain. Jesus, it's like 20 after. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. I was. Oh, here we go. Uh, four paparazzi were arrested for trying to run Britney off the road in the valley last night. We're getting closer to that fabled Princess Diana ending that everybody knows is going to happen. Hooray. Uh, George Michael signs a record-breaking book deal. A woman has filed a lawsuit alleging an unwanted toe-licking during eye exam. Mike Huckabee vows to send all illegal aliens home. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Uh, manimals are coming. Cloning humans with animals. Really? Did you just make the manimal reference? Yes, I did. Excellent. Well done. I've been waiting for a story like that since the 80s, and finally it's here. Manimal. Manimals are coming. Half man, half ant. They called him... Mant. Mant. I remember. Yeah, Mant. OJ is out of jail back in Florida. Well, of course. Why wouldn't he be? Uh, Join the days, are we always by the lovely and talented Derek Dillon? Why, hello, and how are you today? Hello, I'm doing well. Now, I want you to acknowledge that I did something out of character for myself yesterday. I went up and I looked at Lisa's baby. You did look at Lisa's baby. Isn't that the cutest thing? Lisa's baby, baby Olivia, who is uh, fairly adorable and fairly, I don't mean that, uh, not implying this is the case, but it's almost like the baby was drugged. Seriously, we were at the mall yesterday. We went out to Washington Square, and we were there for about three hours. The baby did not wake up once. Have you and checked whatever's in the baby's bottle? <laughs> no, Lisa. It's, like, it's just content because she was kind of concerned too. She brought, you know, she brought it back to the right. To she, the she brought it back to the place. I know <laughs> this baby's defective. I, Her, uh... I know she's like she's so good and she sleeps all the time and eats a lot and you know the doctor just said, well, if she's content, she's, she's not totally be mellow. Yeah. I mean, I guarantee you that I was not anywhere near that mellow growing up. So no, everyone's really surprised. She's, um, you know, when she's awake though, she's really active. The baby's pretty adorable. Looks a lot like Lisa. It's weird you can spot that. Even I know, huh? I know that we're now becoming Katie Holmes and David Letterman talking about what time does your baby go to sleep? What time does your baby wake up? Uh, but that baby does look. How old is she? Like two months old? Yeah, two and a half months. Already old. looks a lot like Lisa, which is it's weird how you can spot that. Mm-hmm. She has her eyes and her mouth too. I could t- I could see her mouth. I'm like, holy god, that's a, like a little version of you. Isn't it kind of weird though when you look at a baby and then you realize it looks like the parent? It's just a weird thing where it just freaks you out. About about, you know, and I'm not like a creationist or anything. Like I I believe in science and all that, but that's that's kind of one of the reasons I don't need to believe in creationism because science itself is just so unbelievably messed up and just creepy and fascinating and weird. I mean, it's just strange. I mean, Lisa, I know that I'm like the, I don't even have kids and I'm doing this, but Lisa's like the billionth person to make this observation. But she's like, it's just so weird that I made that, and it is kind of weird when you think about it. It's like that day. These are like these those things that my wife would call stone revelations that I somehow have, even when I'm just stone cold sober. When I had that whole observation, just like that time that I realized that we were all made out of food. I mean, you don't really think about that, but you are kind of made out of food. Oh, don't talk about that. I hate it's true. You're about made that. out of morning star I corn know, dogs. I understand. Sarah Dillon. All right. Uh, speaking of my wife, well, anyway, I don't know. Just to, just to say, if I do seem a little loopy or today, someone steal steal your car again? No. Well, the day's not over, I suppose. I haven't checked the parking lot for the last hour or so. Uh, no, my I was up at 4 a.m. this morning because my, uh, my wife went on vacation today. So she had to go to the airport. <laughs> it was one of those, I have to be at the airport at 
Let's set the alarm for 345. When, how long is she gone for? Uh, like 10 days. So, anyway. Is this the trip you were talking about? Uh, Panama. Ah. She's going to Panama. Uh, and uh, whatever. Anyway, so that was uh, so she was, it was one of those everybody, everybody, and by everybody I mean her, me, and Max. Uh, we all had to be up at like 4 a.m. today. So if I sound a little, uh, a did you bring Max to the airport with you? Whacktastic. No, no. He's, he's. I do like Max, but he gets very. He's a handful. Uh, he, he's, uh, he. Max only has. See, now we're doing what Katie Holmes and David Letterman were doing about babies. We're talking about dogs. My, my, my dog though, like a lot of dogs, only has two modes. 80% of the time, he is a lap dog, totally mellow, calm, lays on the sofa. I, it couldn't be bothered to do anything more than raise an eyebrow to you unless you have food. And then the other 20% of the time, he's just absolutely like a retarded, spasmodic freak. You know what I mean? And that's any time... But kind of t- like you. Yes, any time you're... T- yeah, my dog is sort of manic depressive. 80% of the time, completely mellow and almost unconscious. 20% of the time... Uh, so he's, he's he's got a little kind of a bipolar. That's thing how Muppet is too. All right. Uh, well, before we do anything else, uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Oh, by the way, another uh, shout out to uh, Danette. I just wanted to thank Danette, who was out there listening today. So, uh, hello, Danette, and how are you today? Uh, glorious bastard of the week coming up. Uh, I've got a handful of stories that we're going to get to here in a second. Before we do anything else, Lisa Desjardins, uh, Steve Kastenbaum. This is somebody. Hello, sir, or madam. Is the case maybe? Uh, I presume I'm a sir, but I'm not. Only not your doctor person. knows for sure, for sure, my friend. What's up? Uh, I was to start off the conversation on as creepy a note as possible. If you guys did want to talk about your sex life on air, maybe I don't know, Sarah, a little heavy breathing might increase the, lead, the, the listenership. But uh, mostly, I wanted to mention that. Hold Scientology. on, let me just, let's just back up for a second. <laughs> Are you in fact a radio consultant? Because that's exactly the kind of thing a radio consultant would say. You know, guys really respond to breathy female voices. People yeah. are afraid of big cities. <laughs> People love talking about the weather. Now, what you should do is maybe have an entire segment every day where you talk about the precipitation or maybe the humidity. Talk about the chance of rain. Everybody has weather. People in New England take their snow very seriously. So what you should do, Sarah, is turn your microphone a lot hotter and then just sort of breathe into it when you talk. This will really trigger a response in the male demographic. Oh. I'm sorry, I've hijacked your call. What were you going to say? Oh, I'm, I'm lost. Anyway, uh, with Scientology, I don't know if you're familiar, but L. Ron Hubbard was actually a really respected uh, science fiction author before he became... Here's, here's the thing, and so nobody thinks that I'm painting with too broad of a brush. He was not only a, a, respect, well, a successful science fiction writer anyway. I, don't, I can't speak to his acceptance within the community. He was actually a really good science fiction writer. That's the thing about it. As much as everybody piles on that movie Battlefield Earth... Uh, with John Travolta because it's a big load. Oh, um, it's the worst movie. Oh, I've it's ever the worst seen. movie ever made. Um, but I got to tell you, the book Battlefield Earth, which is Jesus, I think twelve hundred pages long. Uh, mm-hmm. Battlefield Earth, the novel. I haven't read it in a few years. I'd have to go back and read it again. But I have to tell you that the Battlefield Earth novel is actually really good. I enjoyed it. I for a twelve hundred page novel, I think I finished that in like five days, six days. I mean, it really is pretty gripping. So, what can I say? The guy can write. Draw from that what you might. Well, it's kind of funny to me that his science fiction is more believable than his religion, I uh, think, to a certain extent. I didn't say that, sir. That's Frank Collins. No, it's true. <laughs> I know. All right. Now, his, um, his, uh, his novel, Battlefield Earth, is really, really great. And then he wrote this... Because that's what it is, a novel. It's not a Bible. <laughs> and then he wrote this... Or, I mean, not, but, you know, the Bible. Oh, whatever. I know. I'm, no, not, I'm not saying the Bible. Is, I know, you know what you're whatever. saying. No. Uh, no, and then he wrote this 10-part Mission Earth series, which is pretty great as well. I don't know whatever, what else he wrote. Like, around the time I was, like, 14... 
I kind of drifted away from sci-fi and fantasy, and that was actually one of the last big sci-fi epics that I read. Uh, the saga of Johnny Goodboy Tyler, it was. All right. Uh, before we do anything else, let me read a couple of these. Then we will break. Um, hey, did you have this thing about the toe licking, Tim? Did you say you had that? Yes, that was one of my headlines. Okay, then you know what? I won't I won't do that. I'll just read this. You can do toe licking if you want. No, 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 no. I'll let you do it. You'll, you'll really do uh, more justice to it. Um, I've just got this. This is from The Sun. Speaking of two people, and I, I realize that this story is useless without pictures, um, it, but you can read this at The Sun if you'd like. Two randy travelers shocked air passengers with a live sex show on a packed jet, a court heard yesterday. And here's the thing about it. Olga, blah, 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 blah. And you can tell what they look like from their names. Olga Bezmelnitsia was spotted pleasuring her work colleague. So something about the word pleasuring, by the way. <laughs> spotted pleasuring work colleague Sergei Gorlov during a flight from Brazil to London. Their antics stunned fellow passengers, including children, who alerted British Airways cabin crew they were asked to stop and then arrested at Heathrow Airport. Crew members were approached by passengers complaining the defendants were acting in an indecent manner. Wait for it. A female cabin member went to them and saw the female defendant was face down in the groin area of the male passenger. And I'm going to pass these photos around so you can see what they look like. Those are the sorts of people. Now, first of all, the woman is unattractive. The man is also unattractive, but the man looks like one of those 70s guys we were talking about earlier. You can tell that that guy, that guy, is a, that guy fancies himself as having a reputation with the ladies. So you can find this at the Sun if you'd like. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, don't forget we're taking the tram ride today. Oh, I today, haven't forgotten. Final. That's we postponed it because of the tornado last week. That's so today, them? 4 p.m. Yes. Yeah. Doesn't that guy on the right? That doesn't he look? She like, looks like his secretary or something. Or his brother. Ugh. He doesn't. Doesn't he look like you can just see him smoking a cigarette and say, "My he name is, is Sergey." Is he? Yeah. Yeah. My name is Sergey. I know how to woo the ladies. I like to be pleasured on airplanes. <laughs> uh, we will be riding the tram today at 4 p.m. Hey. Uh, so well, but then it'll be done. Then it'll be done, and presumably we won't die. And you know, whatever. All right. Our spaceship. Oh. Thank you, Helen. All right. Uh, let's take a break. Come back after this. Lisa Desjardins coming up around the corner. Steve Kasimov, Tim Riley at noon. Uh, later on today, the glorious bastard of the week and Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer. Stay there. It's the... It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for coming along. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Lisa Desjardins joining us in mere moments. Uh, let's see. And then we've got uh, Steve Kastamon coming up at 11.50. Tim Riley at noon and uh, so forth. Before we do anything else, let's... Uh, it's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's quite pungent. Richie's not, Richie's not moving too well today. I think he might, in fact... Oh, have, he's a little crazy. I think Richie might have some, some kind of a limp going on today. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Yeah, my leg's sore. It's a bowling injury. What did you? How did you injure your leg? Uh, bowling. Last night? Or when? Uh, was it last night? No, it takes a couple. It takes a couple days when you... For the bowling injuries to really kick exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah. All right. That We drink down, like, five, six pitchers. At least. I see. Yeah. All right. So it wasn't really the bowling so much as the rampant flooding of alcohol into your body's poor cells, which at this point are still not able to, uh, to cope with the abuse that you heap on them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, I see you're wearing, what is it, an all, uh, is it an all Kenneth Cole day today? Uh, 
No. Okay. I'm just I don't even know the brand. All right. Uh, so no, when are we doing the tram thing? Is that the, well, that is when? It, oh, you got white sock, dude. Okay, they're not doing? just kind of... I hate to sound like Mr. He's Blackwell, a... but you've got okay. He's got you know a, a nice pair of shoes. This is what he's he, got a is, decent shirt. I yelled at him the other day at bowling. I'm like, he wears these nice dress shoes, nice dress pants, and white bunchy athletic socks. I, and they're bunchy they're... athletic socks with the, with like the logo on the side. They've right. got like the blue crest on the side, dude. Dude, is it now? Are you trying to make a statement? Are you trying to cut out your own personal style here? No, that's all the socks I got. <laughs> Doesn't your sister give you piles of clothing? Yeah, but they're white socks. You Look, can drop if you know. I'll buy you black socks if you really need some. If it's really, I mean, honestly, if really, if it comes down to like rent or socks for you, <laughs> I will spring to buy you something to cover your feet. And it's not like I'm a fashion plate or whatever, but you just can't. I mean, you're a decent-looking guy. You can't ruin the whole thing with white socks like that. You're never. Bet you're never going to get invited back to the Swingers Club that way. Well, that's what I... Oh, never mind. All right. Uh, so, uh, tram today, when? Four? Four o'clock. Okay. And so we are... It's you, myself, Tim, and Sarah. And I guess... Did you drive today? Yes, but I'm going to go home and let out Muppet and stuff. So I'm going to leave. So I guess we'll all meet maybe in the parking lot or something there, because I have somewhere to be at 530. Uh, so we'll all meet there. But it's all... Man, it's all icy and whatnot out there. I mean, I went out to my car today, and I had to, I had to get up... And, of course, yeah, I had to... Too. And I had to do that thing... Uh, and I I know that I'm not the only one who does this. I had to do that thing where, I, I mean, I don't know what else to compare this to except to say that it's almost like my air conditioning. Because every summer, I realize that I haven't filled up the Freon in my air conditioner. I got the two air conditioners at home. I got one in the bedroom and one in the living room. And the one in the bedroom only works sort of intermittently because the Freon is sort of running out. And every summer, like, I'll be like, well, it's the first, you know, first heat wave of the summer. I better plug in the air conditioner and get it. And I hit, you know, the on button, and it does this sort of thing. And it doesn't, and I realize it's not really working correctly because it's not charged. And I think to myself, damn, curse my metal body. Why didn't I go and get the free unfilled? And I realize it's just because I forgot about it. And then I swear, I vow to myself that at the end of that summer, I will get the air conditioner filled so the next time it gets hot, the air conditioner will be ready to go. And then, of course, I never do. Um, so it is with winter, because every time there's frost or ice on my windshield, what do I realize I do not own? I don't own an ice scraper. You know what? You should just not even own an ice scraper. I have this de-icer spray stuff. It is genius. Now, is it, is it like a little, like, it, it looks, looks like, like mace? A, it looks like a bottle of Windex. Uh-huh. It's like five bucks at, at Target. And you just spray it on and, and it just, just melts it? And you just spray it on and it melts it instantly. It's like really? it wasn't even there. Seriously, I have this thing and I just, I put on like one spray and my car is covered in a thick sheet of ice. How long does it, I was going to ask how long a bottle of that lasts you? Oh, it's a full bottle. I mean, it's it's the size of a big Windex bottle. Oh, that's fantastic. It is, it is the greatest thing ever. I cannot stress it enough. Like, I spray it, and it melts the ice instantly, like, in two seconds. Well, see, I used to have that stuff for your car lock, because I used to have this uh, this car where the lock would freeze all the time. And so I would ha- I had to buy this stuff, and it looked like a little thing of mace or pepper spray, and it was a th- you'd, like, jam it into the car lock, and you'd spray it into the car lock, and that way you could... Because otherwise, you'd put your key, and it would just bend the S out of your key. So No, the bottle I bought, totally affordable, five bucks, huge bottle. It just needs a couple sprays on my entire windshield, and it was just completely Let's green. see if everybody can figure out exactly how trashy I am. So I don't own that, nor do I own an ice scraper. You so... did a CD case. No, I use my driver's license. Oh. Oh. 
That's in fact, if you look at my driver's license, it's all just bent to hell. Like the the little the little um uh, uh whatever, like the little saran wrap, you know, the, like the coating they put on, it's peeling away because I'm out there. And of course, I don't own any gloves either, so I'm out there. And everybody who drives by knows exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if you get pulled over by the cops, they're going to look at that. And say, what do you do with this? That, that's the other thing is it does look like I just manufactured the driver's license in my basement because I'm out there like a hick scraping my windshield with a driver's license because I can't. And it's not that I that I don't have a dollar ninety nine. It's just that I never think to do it. And every winter, I think to myself, yeah, next time I really got to buy an ice scraper. And then I, you know, whatever. You can use warm water or you can cover it with like a sheet. They have yeah. a sheet that you put over it. I suppose. Uh, hey, we should track down Lisa, see what that's all about. Lisa D? Yeah, she's uh, okay. supposed to be here at this moment. So we'll do a couple of these calls and uh, email. We'll get the Lisa and Steve here in a second. Oh, and speaking of, of, well, speaking of me being a hick, we'll get to my other thing here in a second. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. I'd like to volunteer my services for you for your uh, summertime uh, air conditioning dilemma. Oh, is this that you uh, run some sort of air conditioning store or business service? I'm a, I'm a air conditioning repairman, yeah. Ask, I, carry, I carry around the bottle of cold stuff with me all the time. Let me ask you this. Uh, now, in terms of air conditioning, I don't really understand how air conditioners work, but isn't it true that there's like a like the, the, the tube or a can or something of Freon inside that you got to get filled like once a year? Yeah, absolutely. You you do. If you have a leak, you do. Okay, and I but, don't know. Uh, I mean, but now, if you don't have a leak, I mean, does it just stay good forever? Yeah. Really? So if yeah, I don't, most, because most I've got have a leak though. Because I've got because I've got this air conditioner that is, the air conditioner has been in our bedroom for about five years now, and every year it works a little less well than the year before. You know what I mean? Like you're every, leaking. Yeah. So uh, do I just like do I just stick that in my truck and like take that into some air conditioning place and tell them? As a fan of yours for years, I'm volunteering my well, services free to you. It would be improper and actually in violation of CBS rules for me to for me to take you up on that. But I do appreciate the offer, sir. I got one quick thing I got to let you know. Yes. I lost you about two years ago. Um, and uh, Seahawks went to the Super Bowl. I started listening to sports radio. Well, do you feel Do you feel bad about that now? We won't talk about it. Let me ask you but, this: on a scale of one to five, how guilty do you feel about the fact that you quit listening to us? Oh, oh, ten okay. for sure. Thank but you. the, That's uh, the but, right but my good buddy wanted to borrow my Figures uh, in Jesus DVD, which I did pay full price for. By Excellent. the way, thank you, sir. Uh, lent it to him, started listening to you again, and I must say, it is fantastic to be back. And don't say mean things about bass players. All right. Thank you. I've never said anything mean about bass no, players. No, no. I say oh, mean, you don't, you I say don't mean things about drummers. Two, two and a half years ago? What did I say about listen, Listener party? Let's see. On the radio, you said bass players could be taken out of music and nobody would know the difference. I never said that. That is not oh. a thing I would ever say. Oh, oh, it hurts so bad. I, why, in what context was I saying that? Because that didn't even sound like anything I would say. Live in denial. It's not my problem, man. <laughs> it doesn't sound like anything you'd ever you ever say. You did, and I, and I mentioned to you uh, at a listener party, I mentioned to you Roger Waters and Les Claypool, and then you apologized. Yeah, Les Claypool's an ass, but, I mean, I'll give you the Roger Waters thing. All right. Yeah, yeah. I Take don't care, remember saying, Thank you. I don't remember saying that at all. That doesn't sound like anything no, I would say. No, it really doesn't. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? I just wanted to give you a little tidbit of information. Don't ever use warm water to rinse off your windshield. Okay, now... Because it'll just shatter it. That, that, that's not true. Yeah, hot water shatters it. You're always supposed to use cold. Is that true? Yeah. Why would... But I, I mean, uh, but, but I mean... Ah, uh, but see... you okay, so hot. Hold on, but you it, have no first-hand knowledge of this. This is a thing well, that you I've have heard. Well, i used cold water. But you have... This is a thing you've just heard from other people. This is perhaps fourth-hand knowledge. Well, my parents, but what the hell do they know? That's what I'm saying. Well, because they, that, that wouldn't make any sense. Like, 
even my coffee pot. I got to tell you this. Like I get the, the, like the Mr. Coffee uh, oh, yeah. you know, pot that everybody buys at Safeway for $19. You can make coffee with that thing, dump the coffee right out, and put cold water into that, and Which it's completely fine. Which is what I fine. do every time, and fine. it doesn't break. It so doesn't break. Know. Maybe I, I'm just an idiot. Yeah, I find it difficult to believe that General Motors wouldn't use at least the same quality of glass it like you know, as like a Chinese coffee pot plant. Uh, plus, windshields are coated in plastic, too, That's so I guess saying. I am dumb. You realize now, having gotten hip deep into this, that you are completely incorrect. I'm a little informed, sorry. All right, th- All right thanks. <laughs> Bye now. Wow. All right, uh, is this Steve or is this Lisa? All right, ladies and gentlemen of the 12, uh, welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Radio Program. From the Hill, CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm wonderful. I'm actually a little loopy. Let's all pretend that it's not the case today. <laughs> is, this, is this from medication or is this like natural uh, chemicals flowing through your bloodstream? What are you trying to imply? When is have I have, have we ever discussed my medication intake before? No. Okay. All right. Are you just oh, no, were you just that was just shot in the dark? It was, it was, you know, having having uh, had some Nyquil, uh, a little bit too much Nyquil in the last couple of days myself. I was... No, I uh, I have to be very careful. I've learned in the past what medications I can and cannot take. I uh, uh-uh. as a as a younger man, my go-to medication was always um, Alka-Seltzer cold and cough or Alka-Seltzer nighttime. Okay. Um, but you know, I have to give which which I really do. If I have nowhere to be, I'll load up on that because it really does help me. But that's a thing I can't. I have to be like a good 12 hours away from being on a microphone in any way, shape, matter, manner, or form to take uh, to take uh, uh, to uh, take Alka Seltzer at this point because it just it completely decimates me mentally. So no, no, I was just I was up at 4 a.m. this morning. It's a whole long thing. So oh okay. Um, all right. So uh, I know that you've this is they've rolled you out again to make the economic stimulus package sexy today. Um, <laughs> yes. And, but, you know, it, it will, this one isn't even, it's not even heavy lifting, I don't think. All right, well, I mean... You might get money, that's basically, that's the bottom line. No, but see, here's the thing. Money every, for Rick. Every time they say that, it turns out not to be true. Every time that they say there's going to be some tax refund or some kind of a kicker check, or you're going to be getting money back from the government right. for some sort of... Everybody here at the show gets something, and then I get nothing. Everybody, Didn't you get your check in 2001? What was it, $300? You, you know, but here's... We, I, I forget, when is the last time... Sarah, wasn't there some situation on the show not too long ago where everybody got a check for whatever, and then I got a check for like four dollars? <laughs> well, it was when we were uh, part of a union, and Tim and I got our back pay. Yeah, but and you were being paid, and Tim and I weren't. So your much. your, back, your oh. back pay was hundreds of dollars, and my and my, my back pay was literally like seven dollars and twelve cents or yep. something. Well, anyway, I, I'm actually less interested in that, as you might imagine, that I am. And hear the magic words to me: ex-congressman indicted. Oh yes. And so it gets better from there. A former congressman has been charged with money laundering and conspiracy in connection with suspected terrorism. Please now to explain. How about it? Mark Silgender, former Republican congressman from Michigan. He served in Congress in the 1980s. And in fact, he got the attention of Ronald Reagan. Reagan appointed him to be an alternate delegate to the United Nations. Uh, he's known in Washington. He, he actually has, he's not one of these congressmen that just sort of rode off and they never heard from again. He, he has a presence here in Washington. He was just here last month for the congressional prayer breakfast. He's actually known as a devout Christian. Of course. Uh, and he's, he has, uh, you know, you look at his website, he's a consultant and his big push is for, uh, trying to, bridge the gap between Muslims and Christians. He travels the world for for that cause. He's actually won uh, at least one peace award. And his his lawyer denies all these charges. And essentially what the charges are is that Mark Siljander 
took $50,000, they say, from this Islamic charity group that investigators say was really a front uh, for a terror fundraising mechanism. They say the group took money and sent it off to an Afghan warlord, and more on that guy in a minute, but essentially that warlord is connected to, uh, Talib- to the Taliban, and he has supported Os- Osama bin Laden in the past. We'll get back to him, but uh, the investigators say this charity was essentially bogus, that, and that Congressman Siljender worked for this charity. He was paid $50,000 to lobby to try and get this charity off the terror watch list, to try and get it off the list saying it was a terrorist organization. What's more, that $50,000, they say that was stolen from uh, foreign aid money from the United States government. Siljander says none of this is true, that the money was for a book he's working on, again, bridging the gap between Muslims and Christians, and that this is unfounded. But investigators, you know, have been working on this case for years. It remains to be seen what's going on. The interesting thing about this warlord figure, uh, who, who they say received the money on the terrorism end, uh, he, uh, he was actually one of those guys connected to Charlie Wilson back in the 1980s. Hey, look at you bringing it, all, bringing it all around for Rick Emerson. Bringing it all around to the movie, and he, he was uh, someone that Charlie Wilson uh, helped through his efforts to fund uh, when the Mujahideen were fighting the Soviets and when the Mujahideen were on our side of the equation. Now, some of those guys like this one, not on our side. And and so now it's a problem. It is such a weird shifting case of of moving alliances. The line is constantly being shoved back and forth about who's on our side and who isn't. I mean, it really just, you can wake up one day and the guys that were on your, somebody has picked up the border and dropped it about 10 miles to the east, and the guys you were supporting are now your mortal enemies. Uh, I do like the idea that your money might inadvertently end up funding a warlord, though. That I mean, that's... Yeah. I mean that's that's just so unbelievably almost like absurdly bad that it almost becomes comical and so like I don't even like my money going to the homeless. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that my money might inadvertently be going to a warlord. The Afghan warlord, and right? I, and of course, you know that that touches all kinds of uh, issues, and, right? And I don't even really know. I mean, not to make light of this, but I don't even really know how one gets the title of warlord. That sort of seems to be a thing that we. That's like being a despot. You're I mean, interested? Is that is that what you're saying? I'm just, well, I mean, when I picture Warlord, here's what I picture. For some reason, Idi Amin comes to mind. And <laughs> oh, it's, wow. it's Idi Amin sitting behind a desk made out of the skulls of his enemies. <laughs> I mean, on which is a blotter made of solid gold, uh, and he's, you know, and he's like eating a dog or something. I mean, he's just... I have a different image. Idi Amin, dictator to me. You know, Warlord is much more tribal. Uh, much more kind of you're on the get up and go. <laughs> You've got a, you've got a sort of a, a, you know, a very mobile unit. They're the so warlords. The warlords are the, they're the Willie Loman of the. Uh, oh, nice. Of, of the, of the terrorist world. Oh, you think so, really? I don't know. I just don't. Oh, it sure. just seems, it, being a warlord is sort of like being uh, a wordsmith. You know, it's like, how do you? Does somebody like? Do you get a letter? <laughs> how do you get that title? Does somebody like? Do they take a vote somewhere and then there is a memo put out? I would really give anything to be christened a wordsmith by some organization that was duly empowered to do so. You don't think the warlords are the sort of edgy rebels of the of the terrorist world? I don't know. It, a warlord is sort of like. Um, I feel like even the terrorists don't really have a lot of control over those guys. I feel like they just, you know, come. They they change positions every month. They, you know, Pakistan likes them. Pakistan doesn't like them. I really have to. Have you seen? Uh, speaking of warlords, have you seen the movie Lord of War with Nicolas Cage? No, I have not. You really do need to see that at some point. It's a uh, pretty, my list is growing. It is. It's a pretty fantastic film. It is very much. Um, 
It's based on a real uh, arms dealer uh, of Russian extraction, as they say, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, it, but it, imagine Goodfellas if Henry Hill, instead of being a gangster, had been an arms dealer. Uh, it, oh, that's, it is, that's great. It really is, is quite a fantastic film. And Nicolas Cage has this ratio where he makes one good film to ten pieces of dog roll. Okay, because I've got really mixed feelings about Nicolas Cage. I don't have mixed feelings so much as I have the feeling that he makes bad films. Yeah. Uh, but this... But I, he, I want to like him, but I find it difficult. Well, he, because he just chooses his material, I mean... Really, it's like picking Scrabble tiles out of a bag in the dark. I mean, he just has no he has no filter. I really think that with Nicolas Cage, I, I think it's just that he just throws a dart or something, or just you know, he just spins around with a with a, with a blindfold on his head, like he's like he's about to pin the tail on something, and then he shows up at whatever set he points at. Um, but he made you know, Leaving Las Vegas, and then Ten Years of Bad Films, and now he's made Lord of War. And with National Treasure, he's now embarked on his next decade of terrible, uh, terrible cinema. <laughs> Precisely. So, you know. Yeah, Jason Desjardins, not a fan. Yeah. So you got another eight years before you really have to worry about him making anything good again. <laughs> In the meantime, see Lord of War, and it sounds like you may have already seen Charlie Wilson's War, but if not, you got to see that as well. I haven't. No, it's on my list. It I is. feel like I have, but I, I, I haven't yeah. yet. But before we go, because I, I, I don't know if we're getting close on time here, i I got to put in a plug for this stimulus package, not just because CNN is making me, but but, but here's, here's the situation. Here's what people need to watch for. It's not really just about, you know, where does Congress, uh, where is it going to spend the money? Is it going to be rebate checks for people? Is it going to be to the unemployed, or are they going to build some bridges and roads? What are they going to do? Those are their options. But I, I think what, what people need to know about this is is we are in a, in a particularly bad situation where, on the one side, we do have problems in the economy with growth. And are we in a recession? Are we in slow growth? It's not clear. But growth looks slow enough that we could lose jobs in the next year very easily. So we're losing jobs on the one side. On the other side, we've got serious inflation worries. So kids of the 70s, how about stagflation? How about that term now actually hovering over the capital? There's very serious concern that stagflation could come back. And that's why they're moving so fast to try and put some sort of shock into the economy so that we can get through this. It's not clear we're going to have stagflation, but we could. We could have a situation where unemployment goes up and so does inflation. And it, and the federal government has spent so much money. Our deficit is at such a level and our debt is at such a level that we don't have a lot of options because if we spend too much right now, it's going to hurt us in the long run. And uh, it's very tricky. Let me ask you this question. And I realize now after saying that I didn't really care about the economic stimulus package, now I realize there's all this stuff that I don't understand because I'm not that bright. But I think I speak for many dumb Americans here. Okay, so we have... Let's leave aside the issue of deficit versus debt because I don't really know the difference and I don't know okay. that my brain is really the sharp debt enough. The is to... a lot bigger, yeah. Now, the debt's a bigger problem. Right? Com compared to other industrialized nations, do we have, and I suspect it's more, do we have more debt or less debt than other countries? It depends on who you compare us to, but generally more. Let's and say, not one let's of the say China. Dollars going down more. But China owns much of our debt. Well, that's great. That's and and that's why the dollar is worth less and less internationally is because we have so much debt overseas. That's one of that's probably the main reason. Is there any place in the world I can go for a couple of weeks where my dollar is not going to be virtually worthless? Well, I understand in Zimbabwe where they have thousand <laughs> inflation. Fantastic, done <laughs> and done. The, the Emersons are going to Zimbabwe. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. That's fantastic. Great. Wonderful. All right. I'm sorry for being so loopy today. Hopefully there was at least some sort you of. You know, I didn't pick up on a single sign. I think you're. You know, you're. 
I think you're. I think you're, you speak too much. I think you're good. Uh, I'm it, concerned. You, you know, in my head, it's just like a, it's just like a <laughs> thick white fog today, during which I can discern only the barest rudiments of structure. So. <laughs> like carnival mirrors of sound. Really, is that that's what's going on? Exactly. That's a great. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Call, I'm gonna have, come up with an album called that at some point. <laughs> All right. Enjoy. Are you on tomorrow? Um, I'm not on tomorrow. Oh, cool I'm fate. Sorry. I'll be because I'm going on a long, long stretch after tomorrow on all the elections and stuff. So I'll be working for the next uh, two weeks, I guess, straight. So all right. I'm getting tomorrow off. And, and I just found out today I've got. Do you know who uh, CNN's Tony Harris is? Uh, I don't believe so. No. Oh, okay, he's, he's one of our anchors, and I just found out that we're doing like a five-hour show, him and I, on Super Tuesday, and it's just sort of a, 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 a strange concept to me. That is fantastic. Five, <laughs> like a five-hour radio broadcast. Yes. Yes. That's, I mean, from... How about it? <laughs> from where? From D.C. or from where? No, in, I'll be in Atlanta at that point. Oh, at the CNN Center. That's pretty CNN fantastic. Center, yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. I have no idea what we're going to do. I, you know, it'll be interesting. I'm going to tell you, I've already told, uh, I've already told my wife and the, you know, like everybody I know, the, the, my, the circle of acquaintances, just not to expect to see me at all uh, that day in any, in any way, shape, or form. I'm just going to be sitting at home with the door locked and just sitting there with a remote control and a stack of microwavable pizzas. That's right. Perfect. Exactly. That's it. I'm not going to leave the house at all. Uh, but just one, one final note now maybe, before we well, go. Maybe we can put you on our show. We might need you. Well, if you, a comment. If you really need someone to come on and tell bad anecdotes about, like, if you need somebody to compare the political race to an episode of Three's Company, I'm your guy. We may. Um, I had some observation to make about something or other, but it's pointless at this juncture. Uh, all right. Well, uh, have a good day off have a good weekend and we will talk to you have sometime you... next week then fantastic thank you lisa desjardins ladies and gentlemen fantastic wonderful and we blew right through steve Kastenbaum's segment sorry steve what can i don't do? even think he tried to call did he steve i have no steve oh wait <gasps> two copies hey the inquirer is sending us two copies a week now <gasps> oh my god Richie, look at, i love you look at that picture of kirstie alley oh my god Tim, look at that picture of kirstie alley Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus. That's... Plus, Brittany attacked and cursed Dr. Phil. Oprah to Dr. Phil, you are fired. Oh, oh, oh. oh, so this is like a day early, right? Kirsty goes berserk, meltdown over her weight. Yeah, it doesn't come out on stands till tomorrow. And, of course, Ooh. here's the obligatory her final days story. Tim, who do you, whose final days do you think the Inquirer is coming? Oh, Cover. Brittany. No, no, no. No? Do you, are you any good at 20 questions? You want to, you want to give it a guess? You want to try to narrow it down? It's a she. It is a woman. It's uh, I can't go on. Blanks, blanks, final days. Can't go on. Plus what they claim is the final photo of her. How sad if you're her. That's so mean. And is she still alive? And they're already claiming it's, that is great and terrible. This actress is still alive, and yet the Inquirer is publishing what they're calling the final photo. <gasps> okay, so she's an older actress. She's right? an older actress. Hmm. Hint. Um... Psychiatry. Psychiatry. The woman who played the uh, secretary of the Bob Newhart show. You are so close. It's Suzanne Plachette. Ooh. Oh, she's married to Tom Poston, isn't she? Yeah. Suzanne oh, Plachette says, I can't go on. Suzanne Plachette's final days, she's told docs to end cancer treatment, and then there is a pretty terrible photograph of her. But look at what's captioned. The final photo. Oh. I mean, what if... Wouldn't that be a little creepy? But I mean, what if I just took a picture of you and put it on the website and called it Tim Riley, the final photograph? 
Wouldn't that? Wouldn't you find? I that would defy the odds <laughs> and live just despite them. Wouldn't you find that distinctly unnerving? This is so great. Oh, right. to Doctor Phil, you're fired. Her fury over tricking Britney's family to lies that cost him his oh, job. Oh, is that true? All right, we have to break. Uh, coming up later on we in must the show, during the break. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer uh, joining us today. Tim Riley returns in just moments. Tim, have ye news for us? Yes, yes. Wonderful. Tim Riley begins the new news hour. Just a few. Um, Glorious Bastard of the Week coming up later on and uh, more. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. I think they've stopped putting the blue dot in the Inquirer. Now what can you do? Why, hello, it's uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. 503-733-2970. Coming up in just moments, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, later on, we'll talk to uh, Dorothy Garcia of the National Enquirer. Taser Watch in the Way, Snuff Watch, Glorious Bastard of the Week. Pausing now to give a small shout-out to our good friend Fernando, listening to us today. Referred to the Bray, uh, Rick Emerson program by his friend David. Hello, Fernando. Hello, Fernando David. have a really weird-looking haircut? No. Okay. Why? Because I have a kooky friend named Fernando. No, he didn't seem kooky at all. Seemed absolutely normal. Fernando seemed like a soul-of-the-earth kind of guy. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, draw near that ye might be amused and informed. This is Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, it's a good thing nobody has time to order cable around here. Because that company is planning a trial to bill high-speed Internet users based on their amount of usage rather than the standard flat fee. Really? Yeah. They are the second largest U.S. cable operator. They're going to test this. No, sir. I don't like it. To uh, subscribers in Texas. As part of a strategy to help reduce congestion on its network by what they call a minority of consumers who pay the same monthly fee as light users. Well, you know, I will say... Uh, as much as I don't necessarily want uh, high, what uh, high bandwidth users or whatever to pay more than other people necessarily, mm-hmm. I can sort of see where they're coming from. I don't, I don't know that I'm opposed to that outright, depending on on how it's priced, and I, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Because for the longest time, well, there's two things. A, for the longest time, we have complained about the fact that cable companies don't let you buy a la carte, that they charge everybody the same regardless of how much or how little you watch on cable. In other words, if I only want to watch MythBusters and The Shield. I have to pay exactly the same as somebody who watches 35 different networks. And I've said forever that I wish I could just get the Discovery Channel and FX and HBO and uh, the History Channel and, you know, whatever, and then I'd be fine with that. So can't you, can't you buy most of these shows on, on iTunes video? Uh, you know, I don't think that's true. Well, first of all, I don't have an iPod, or was that, or did you already know that, and that was just your way to? Well, no, it? anybody can anybody <laughs> can log on to iTunes. Oh, by the way, I, I, I'd like to uh, I'd like to note that Apple somehow now got my email address, and now I am receiving daily updates about the new MacBook Air, which I'm not going to buy. Get off my back. Um, you're totally gonna buckle. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, I mean, I guess you can get television shows online now, uh, but. I, but, but, I mean, I wouldn't do that if I could just... I mean, it would be much more appealing and simple to me if I could just get the channels I want. It sounds like I'm resetting copy from a spot. What is that? I don't know. It sounds like I'm... I think I'm inadvertently duplicating the copy from a spot running on this station. Um, but if I could just get the channels that I want to watch without having to pay for the entire boatload, 
And then, you know, whatever. So a guy who's watching 30 channels on Comcast pays 50 bucks a month. And if I'm only watching two channels, I pay $12 a month. That seems fair. Also, Comcast recently uh, was caught. They denied it, but it was true. The AP showed that it was true. Quote, throttling bandwidth, uh, which means that if you were doing file sharing online or doing torrent sharing, you're using BitTorrent, that Comcast was actually squashing the amount of bandwidth you were able to use, They were, which I do believe is a violation of their terms of service. Yes. And the FCC is getting involved, but they deny they have like an internet panel. Well, they deny it, even though it was shown to be true by the Associated Press. Mm -hmm. And it, so, and everybody was sort of upset by that, saying, "Well, hey, I ought to be able to use whatever bandwidth, blah blah blah." So, in a way, AT and T is doing this because they do have a lot of people using a lot of bandwidth, and they don't want to illegally choke off the bandwidth, but they do feel like they're getting hosed by people who just download gigabytes of stuff every day. So, I don't really have a problem with that. I just hope that it, it's not exorbitantly priced. You know what I mean? I, I mean, don't see I, any prices mentioned here. It seems fair that the more you download, maybe if you're using more bandwidth, you pay a little more. Uh, I mean, that's how it is with like your cell phone plan for most people, where you get X number of minutes or data or texts or whatever a month, and if you go over that, they charge you more. I mean, I can, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I just wish that they would do it with their cable, so I didn't have to pay. I don't, even, you know, can I tell you this? At the risk of sounding fiscally irresponsible, I don't even really know what my cable bill is every month because I, because Laura handles that one. Because it's just it's uh, because I know if I see it I'm going to choke. I, I know if I see how much I'm paying it's just going to make me gag. Uh, Mine's 137 dollars and 54 cents. Now do you have uh, like HBO or anything? No. Do you have any of the premium channels? Yes, I have digital something. But but I mean do you have like Showtime or whatever? No, no. See, so mine's probably about that because I have just a regular but I have uh, but I have HBO on top of it. Well, I have so, the internets. Yeah. Well, which is I mean so do I. See, I have that package as well. Which is fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the Can't cable company. I love cable television and really cable television is one of the great inventions of my lifetime. And really? satellite TV leaves a mess on your house cuz they just uh, shove wires all over the place and then there's that ugly dish sticking out on the side. I'm convinced that the guy who came and installed the satellite at my house by the way <laughs> broke something valuable. Stairs never told me about. It wasn't broken before. It was broken after, and uh, he's the only person who went upstairs. Um, anyway, so it, I love cable television. I just wish that I didn't have to pay for crap that I'm not watching. I mean, I can count on zero fingers the number of things that I watch on the Oxygen Channel, and I don't even think Lara watches the Oxygen Channel. Uh, on the other hand, I watch a whole lot of stuff on the Discovery Channel. I, you know, I'd be happy to pay more for that. Well, anyway, this ends the rant about cable. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, some of the local stuff, this is like the uh, third day in a row we've had these freezing temperatures in the morning. It was it was very cold. I know I stopped myself from talking about weather right there. But it's it enough was... to make everyone want to clean out the garage and put the car inside where it belongs. Yes. Uh, fire investigators had determined that household items too close to a water heater caused a fire this morning in St. John's. They get a call of smoke and flames coming out of a building in St. John's right underneath the bridge. The crews knocked the fire down quickly. Nobody was hurt. Nobody was in the apartment at the time. It's your typical bacon St. John's apartment. Uh, public hearings are set to begin in Washington State on the bill to ban plastic bags in grocery stores. Already a hot topic. Most stores in Oregon are trying to handle the problem of plastic waste in true Northwest fashion. Then I give customers the choice of paper, plastic, or reusable bags. And two pans, a reusable bag costs a buck, but you get 10 cents back. If you uh, it. I don't want to restart this whole argument because we had about three hours of discussion on this about six months ago, and at the end of it, there was no conclusion come to. That uh, was some weird grammar right no there. No conclusion come to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. How you doing? We may I'm a moron. It. <laughs> me, me talk pretty one day. Uh, me no speak good. Did you hear that onion story a few weeks back where it was it was a few weeks back a few weeks back uh, the onion story a few weeks back where it was the, the the headline was something about 
you know, grammar rules changed. You know, the, the United States has adopted new grammar. But then Doyle Redland did the entire thing in like this weird, completely altered. I have to go dig it up. He did this. He did the entire thing by like transposing all of his verbs and nouns and adjectives. It was completely weird. Um, what were we talking about just now? Oh, yeah. So we had this whole discussion and we never did arrive at any conclusion. Like no one was able to tell us definitively. And I say this now at my own peril because people are now already calling about it. I'm looking at the phones. No one was ever able to just definitively tell us, like, what the right answer is about paper or plastic. I mean, I clearly remember having the whole they, discussion. They took fish with plastic bags, apparently. Or fish took themselves you're, you're with bags. You're making, you know. No. I'm, see, that's wrong, though. That's one of the main reasons. Fish Somebody went out in, in the middle of the ocean, out in the middle of nowhere, and saw a sea of plastic bags. And that's what started this whole thing. Fish choke on plastic bags. How, how would that even happen? They, they, they. Does someone not the? Do, do larger fish combine garret the the fish with the bags? Apparently, they look, look over like, there. They, they look like something shiny that a fish might eat. Well, look at the risk of sounding. Uh, <laughs> what do you have against fish? Nothing against fish, but really, let's. Can we just call it what it is? If humans were doing that, we'd say, "Good riddance." The gene pool is smarter without you. You know what I mean? So I, th that, that, that rule goes. That makes a fisherman happy. No, that. But I'm just saying that rule goes for fish as well. What you about know? the people? Uh, they don't grow up to have stupid yeah. fish children of their own. What? Fish eating. I don't think that happens. I think you're bag. thinking of no, the six-pack rings that, like, pelicans were, were getting their, their beaks or whatever caught in. Not bills. No. I'm talking about something Is different. a beak the same thing as a bill? Never mind. We're just rolling out way too many Is of these questions. Is this going to be one of these days? I think we... nothing makes sense to you and you question every single thing? I think you know the what answer to that. What does the word what mean? <laughs> What is what? I think, I think you already know the answer to that query. Um, no, I think a bill is flat and a beak is pointy. No, see, I'm ending it. See, we don't have to talk about that now because I think I know. You think you know, so you make this declarative statement, a beak is pointy. Now I know. I think a bill is flat. I think ducks have bills, a robin has a beak. And one is pointy and one is flat and blunted on the end. Well, I've seen signs like my say, brain. say post no bills, but I've never seen the sign that says post, post no, no beaks. beaks. Anywho, uh, so there you go. I think you're thinking of the six-pack rings, though. No, it's a different story. Okay, well, whatever. Somebody must know. Yeah, I know. But see, here's the thing. We're going to say that, and then no one is going to know. We're gonna get, It's going to be like the absinthe conversation, where everybody is convinced that the last caller is stupid, and that only they really know the answer. Well, let's talk about the veiled woman who's 49 cents for having sex with teenage boys. She had sex with uh, two 15-year-old boys. At the same time? Uh, separately, apparently. Oh. Her name is uh, Janice Ribeiro, and she gets 60 days in the Malheur County Jail. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce that county. 60 days? Yeah. Okay. She's probably the only person in jail out there. Is she hot? How hot could she be in Eastern Oregon? Well, that's true. May she might be Miss uh, Bale. <laughs> she already completed 90 days of sexual offender treatment at a private facility in Texas. She had the program in October and was released last week. According to police records... Sometimes this woman met boys at night, picking them up outside their homes. Then they would drive to a secluded location in eastern Oregon, like that would be hard to find. <laughs> and I uh, had sexual intercourse or oral sex. The parents of one of the victims complained. Of course. So that's that. How did the parents find out, do you suppose? Probably on the MySpace. Maybe. Or maybe the, uh, I mean, maybe that's one of those things. Where, you know, it's always the mom, too. You know that it's always the mom who squeals to the man about that. Mm -hmm. Squeals like a pig in hot oil. And that's never the dad. The, and I'm, I'm not trying to pass judgment right one way or the other. I'm simply saying, you know that if your teenage son is getting it on with some hot older woman, the dad is never going to say uh, boo about it, as they used to say in Kennewick. The, uh, that's always, 
some homely mom who decides to, uh, to, to call the, uh, the fuzz, the heat, the law, uh, the uh, thin blue line. Oh, is this okay? Uh, I'm sorry. We we should do this actually because he was he got bumped last hour. I apologize. Let's take a uh, let's take a brief couple minutes here and talk to CNN radio correspondent Steve Castamon. Steve, hello, sir. How are you? Actually, I lost track of the time too, so we're we're okay on it on both ends. It was kind of a whole cluster last hour because Lisa called late and then it went right through your time and whatever. So uh, anyway, so uh, my apologies. How's how's life? How are things? That's that's uh, quite all right because I'm uh, working on a on a long form piece on the talk, topic that uh, you and I were going to talk about anyway. So well, this I, is. Uh, I was I was going to ask this because even though it is a New York story, we have a lot of uh, guys who listen. Well, we have a, a fair share of people who listen to us uh, overseas, around the world. We got guys who listen to us in Germany and Kuwait and Iraq, and the, the guys who are either headed over or they're there and they're. If for some reason, they train a lot of the guys who are headed to Iraq in Germany for some reason. I don't know why that is. Uh, but we have our fair share of listeners in Germany who are either on rotation or they're you know whatever. But I know that you've got these guys, the the 69th National Guard unit. And I mean, well, you want to talk about some guys that just—I mean, uh, I mean, really—it's—it's it's above and beyond that they were—they were at Ground Zero 9/11, then they were in Iraq, now they're going to Afghanistan. Uh, and I mean, it, it, this is sort of—I remember when I was uh, growing up and joining the National Guard. I'm not going to say it was—I'm not going to say it was a dodge, but it was—it was—it was considered not a real branch of the armed forces. Yeah, it's certainly not that way these days. Uh, you know, um, they still do. The lion's share of work here in the United States, whenever there is a, a, an emergency, a, a natural disaster, that sort of thing, you know, like when, when we have hurricanes, when we have floods, they're out there doing the grunt work. But uh, these days, they are called up on a regular basis to help uh, fill out the ranks of our armed services in the combat zones overseas. And so these guys are going back. So they were at Ground Zero, then Iraq, and then Afghanistan. And I mean, these, are these like more of those guys we hear about where it's you know, whatever, they were supposed to be done a year and a half ago, and they just kind of keep getting called back up over and over again? It's it's a little bit of both. Some of these guys have been in all three uh, operations. Uh, some just uh, joined this unit recently, so they weren't with them when uh, they were in Iraq. Uh, some of them had the option not to go because they were in Iraq, uh, but they signed up to go again anyway. But uh, it is part of the bigger national story because they're they're sending more troops to Afghanistan now. What I, I thought we were done in Afghanistan. I thought we brought them peace and democracy and Wendy's. That's, that's the thing here. That's that's why we we thought this was such an interesting story because these guys are going to Afghanistan, to the place that was the the, the birthplace of the plot uh, for 9/11 for the attacks at Ground Zero, and these guys are New Yorkers. They're going over there six and a half years after the attacks. We're still there, and we're now fighting a resurgent Taliban really? because because the focus has been on Iraq. It was draining resources from Afghanistan. Military leaders were complaining about it. Uh, elected officials have been complaining about it, and now we're seeing the results of it. Uh, the, they're expecting uh, a spring offensive from the Taliban. There's been an increased number of attacks, both organized and improvised explosive devices, and and that's what these guys are going over there to face. You know, I have to tell you, this is just my own editorial philosophy, and I don't speak for anybody but myself here. I don't speak for any other employees of CBS, our staff, management, advertisers, sponsors, whatever. But, you know, every so often, and everyone in the room will know that this is a thing that happens only to Windows computers, but if you're using something and you're, you sit there and you're, you're typing away, and then your computer starts to slowly freeze up, sometimes it doesn't just lock up all at once. Sometimes... 
Like you'll go to close your Internet Explorer window, and it'll kind of close, but then the sort of bracket of the window remains up there, sort of framing everything. Uh-huh. And that's when you know things are starting to go bad. Then you'll try to close, like, your MP3, like your Winamp player, your Windows Media player, and it kind of, you know, like it'll, like it, the music starts sticking, and it just starts, like, looping on some small fragment of it. And then you hit Control-Alt-Delete, and the closed task window comes up, and it says it's closing in the task, but then it just, you get the progress bar that never, and at that point you realize... You just got to reach in the back and pull out the plug and let everything wind down for about 30 seconds and then just start from scratch. Right. I'm simply going to say that there are places in this world that would benefit from what the people in the IT department would call a hard reboot. <laughs> You're right. And, you know, and, 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 every, and we all know it's true. And I know we're not supposed to say it. But there, there are places that just need a big red reset button to be pressed on them. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, I mean, what is it? This just, I mean, you know, it's either that or literally just going door to door to door. You know what it is? I get the feeling that in a place like Afghanistan, and I'm sorry for just uncorking a whole rant in the middle of this, but, I mean, you are from New York. You lived with the effects of 9-11. You lived through it. And then you get these places with just these human cockroaches that you think we are either going to imprison or jail or whatever, and then they just keep coming back and and is causing more problems. And it's sort of like when there's an airplane crash in a field somewhere, and you see that team of investigators walking in a long, slow line across the field, looking at every single inch of ground to make sure that no piece of evidence or debris is missed. Mm-hmm. That's You get the feeling, aren't we, we're just going to have to do that in Afghanistan, right? Literally just examining every square foot of that country. And it's an extremely difficult task to do. I, I was there in, in 2001, shortly after uh, 9-11. I was there in December, right before Christmas. And it is an incredibly barren area, rugged area in, in some parts of the nation where it's, you know, you're talking about elevations above 10,000 feet, very extremely rugged terrain in some spots in that area, you know, between Afghanistan and Pakistan. It's very unforgiving terrain. And it's, it's, it's definitely what has to be done. You, you basically have to get in there on foot and overturn every rock there and it's a very painstaking task but you know when you've only got 20,000 or so troops in the country it's you, you don't have the manpower to do that uh, and and you know the military leaders have been talking about you know so many years in Iraq it's really drained the effort uh, in Afghanistan and that's why we've seen the the Taliban being able to to sort of regroup and and mount uh, effective attacks again and it's also what's going on 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 the Pakistan side of the border as well they're not really feeling the pressure in those tribal areas. All right. I'm just saying Afghanistan would be a lot easier to search if it was flat. That's my only observation. Oh, yeah. Go out, go, go out, we'll go out on that tank. All right, my friend. Um, sorry again for the mix-up today. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I am. All right. Enjoy your day. We will uh, have speaks with you very soon, sir. Are you guys going to be in on Monday for the, uh, the holiday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day? I didn't even know there was a holiday coming up, so the answer to that is yes. Oh, well, I will be here working right alongside you. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, so long. There you go. That's uh, Steve Kastamon, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right. Sorry about that uh, in- interruption there, Tim Riley. Here's Tim. I had some, uh, have some stories from New York. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to get to that one. Anyway, that one's kind of a freaky story. We should read that. It is. I saw the video of this guy, and this guy needs to be locked away, really. Fantastic. A uh, professional parachutist who made an attempt to jump off the Empire State Building is uh, suing the state's building its uh, company for millions of dollars. Of course he is. Why and not? Jack Corliss has accused the Empire State Building Company of unlawfully imprisoning him on the observation deck. He tells the Today Show that cuffing him to offense and defaming his character resulted in lost income and 
emotional distress. Of course. Uh -huh. If they had got me before I got over the bars, okay, more power too. You did your job. But once I got over the suicide bars, oh, their right already. to grab yeah. onto me ended. Kill him. <laughs> Push him off the Empire State Building with nothing, without the parachute. Seriously, F you him. I hate him. Just, just three words into that, I hated him. Let me, he's, he wants $30 million in damages. Oh, some people just need to be taken out back and dealt with no, appropriately. No, the parachute needs to be removed and he needs to be pushed. He climbed over those suicide bars, which are those pointy yeah. bars that curl inward yeah. at the top of the Empire State. Man, just thinking about being at the top of the Empire State Building gives me weird flashbacks. I don't have acrophobia. I mean, I'm not out of a fear of heights as such, but here's the thing. Whether you, have you been to the top of the Empire State Building? No. Have you, what's the tallest building you've been on? Uh, I don't remember. Have you been to any place really, really tall though? Really high? Uh, he went to the top of the coin tower. Well, that's true. That is, that is true, and you don't like heights. So, no. the, it, I've been to the top of the Prudential Building in downtown Boston, also the John Hancock Building. John Hancock Building's tall. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether you have a fear of heights or not, that doesn't even enter into it. At the top of the Empire State Building, you are terrified. I don't care. If you could be trying to man up as much as you want. It's freaky. I mean, it's you are so high off the ground that uh, it's pointless for me to even try to describe it. Your brain can't even comprehend it. It doesn't even seem real. And the idea that some guy, and they have these big, uh, like, portcullis bars that curve inward at the top, and they're, like, razor sharp. And then this jackass is clambering over them with a parachute. Well, play that cut one more, just one more time, so I can hate him again. All right. Here he is again. If they had got me before I got over the bars, okay, more power too. You did your job. But once I got over the suicide bars, their right to grab onto me ended. Oh, he's, not, he's on private property. Oh, F that guy. He's not going to win, is he? No, 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 and I hope they end it. I hope after he loses, the judge orders that in addition to some sort of financial penalty, he's going to be beaten senseless. Somebody will. It's New York. <laughs> Somebody in New York will decide to end. They'll decide to handle that problem themselves. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I hate that parachute guy. F him. F him uh, in the ear. I'll take a uh, page from Jesse's book. This is Lauren from Straight Edge Strippers. <laughs> anyway, I had a question about... Uh, Tim's story about that St. John's fire. Tim? Yes. I I literally, like, I know you file it right away, Tim, but uh, I live, like, right there, and I can't get hold of my roommates. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Just kind of curious if there was an address. Uh, let's see here. It's an apartment complex on North Philadelphia Avenue, right underneath the St. John's Bridge. I don't have a, a number for it. Okay, I'm not white trash. I have to live in an apartment. All right, so they, they, uh, they, they live in a house. Yeah, I'm oh, off so, the hook. So they're in the clear, then. I was just a little concerned. So. All right, yeah, no, you know. I'm always concerned. I have a house there myself, but well, not you, an apartment, though. You, no. Your news, your news is so timely that I, I figured I could rely on you for of the info. Of course, you bet. Of course. Thank All you, right. thank you, sir. Straight hey, thank you. All right, that's Lauren from the Straight Edge Buddhist Strippers. I'll say it because he slurred it. Mm -hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Yeah, I'm trying to bring you over to the dark side and come over to the Mac side. Uh huh. I bought I bought a a iMac and a MacBook in August, and I've had the desktops, the IBM sitting next to it as a backup just in case I don't like the math. Mm -hmm. I had it on once to transfer files. It's been sitting as a bookcase since then. I know. Look, I don't <laughs> want people to think I'm, I don't know where this fiction started, that I'm anti-Apple or anti-Macintosh. That is not the case. 
I am not opposed. I, in fact, I think... You're totally becoming like the little kicking boy. <laughs> it's not. I think, in fact, I think every one of these conversations ends with me saying how much I respect I Apple and how much I, I like Steve I never, Jobs. I don't, I don't think I took it like that. I, don't, I never really thought you were anti-Mac. I'm just saying... I'm just, I'm just trying to give you the push off the Empire State Building. I know people are just trying to encourage you to buy one. Yeah, I mean, I know Macs are great. Uh, I have... Uh, Macs, Macs are great at many, many things. Some of your closest friends are Macs? Yes, I've had Macs in my home. Uh, I would I wouldn't want my sister to be with one, but you know, uh, so uh, no no no, Mac, Macs are great. Here's the thing. Let me just tell you why. If I could uh, skip backward to X years ago when I I got my last PC, you know, I had my PC rebuilt. Um, give me the same amount of money in my hand, completely blank slate. At this point, I might actually just go with a Mac. But the thing is, my computer at home, as much as I sort of poke fun at it, I mean, you know, this is such a such a compliment you would only give a Windows machine. You know, seven right. out of ten times it works. <laughs> and it's I like, it... and I just, and I'm a cheapskate. That's the thing. If if I could go back to five years ago and buy another computer with the X, however much I spent on it, I'd right. probably get a Mac. At this point, I'm such a cheapskate. The computer does what I needed to do most of the time, so I'm just going to wait it out until I absolutely have to buy a new one. How, how much would you pay for complete ease with your computer? Though? Oh God! Never, now you're switching. In, now you are switching into sales. How much would you pay, Rick, if I told you what's it going to take to put you in this car today? Well, you, just, you just said you were a cheapskate, so I'm just saying, spend a couple extra bucks and get a really nice machine that never ever locks up. Yeah, I know. Um, you buy it. You buy it. You plug one. You plug one cord into the wall, and you're in business. Yeah, I know. No, look, and here's here's why I'm a big fan of Macintosh and of Apple in a lot of ways. Here's why, because I have a TiVo. And I know that the two companies aren't related, although Apple has talked about buying a controlling interest in TiVo. Um, a TiVo is the Macintosh of the DVR world. The TiVo yeah. is the single best consumer electronics device I have ever used in my life. It is, and I also have a TiVo. Yeah, the TiVo, then you know what I mean. The TiVo is, and I really ought to get paid by those guys for all this, but the TiVo is the best piece of electronic equipment I have ever owned. And it is the you plug, you play, you point. It's easy to use. My mom was able to figure it out in like ten seconds. That's the thing about like a Mac too. You know, it's absolutely yeah. it does a lot and it does it easily. So I'm with you. I, I really Windows, do understand. Windows has the technology, and then they bring it to the consumer. But Apple takes the consumer to the technology. Boy, you really. You are like one step away from being in Steve Jobs' office, and he's going to have like a big bowl of, of like red fruit juice there, and he's going to be telling you to inject it into the child's mouth if the child can't drink it himself. Um, I wish I could take any credit at all for that. But my friend was the one who actually—that's what he said to get me to do it. So no, it's uh, no, it's true. I don't, I don't disagree with uh, with any of that. I will tell you here's just a little uh, the brief. Not, then we can't get bogged down in this, but here's a brief anecdote. I was burning a CD yesterday uh, of legal tracks, tracks that I. Uh, that you purchased. That I purchased. I was making a legal backup copy for myself. Um, so I'm, I'm burning a CD yesterday. And here at CBS, um, you know, the, the computers come preloaded with whatever. And then, you know, the, the computers here at work, you can't just like, you know, they're not really yours. You can't go like loading your own software on it. So you have, right. kinda, you have to kind of use what it comes with. And what it comes with to burn software, or to burn a CD rather, uh, any kind of CD, it comes with Windows Media Player, and you have to use the Windows Media Player burn function, which is like the single worst design thing I have ever seen yeah. in my life. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm kind of a bright guy when it comes to computers. I kind of know what I'm doing. I, I, I know my way around software. I'm usually very good at figuring things out. The Windows Media Player CD burning application is the worst thing that's ever been created. It's like yeah. worse than the bubonic plague. It's 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 awful. And uh, quick time rules. Yes, it does. All right. We have to be done now. Thank you. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Bye now. Happy? Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here's Tim Riley. 
Meanwhile, New York City officials are waging a war against bedbugs. These blood-sucking parasites are responsible for over 7,000 emergency calls, and the city is taking action to educate the public about these critters. Or about how to use the 911 system properly. The city plans to hold three seminars aimed at making sure residents have the proper information about bed bugs. To ensure that they know when they have bed bugs, to ensure that they know how to exterminate the bed bugs, and to ensure that they identify if a neighbor also may have bed bugs that could spread into their homes. Really? <laughs> yes, really. He sounds just like that guy, the, that guy who owns the nightclub in Boogie Nights. At the end, it's, oh, it's a cue. Never mind. Uh, bed bug expert Henny Collide. Bed says, bug expert says the critters can also be found in places other than beds. They can live in the scenes of your curtains, inside your TVs, in wicker furniture, pretty much wherever you find roaches. So they're not. They can also be found. So they're not really bed bugs so much as they are everywhere bugs. <laughs> yes. Every fold of your clothing, every pore of your skin, bugs. Mm-hmm. Probably in your hair right now. Yes. Okay. Are there any other questions about? Bed bugs. Well, no, but if if I have any, I know I can refer them to the bed bug expert, blah, 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 who was quoted just a few minutes ago. All right. right. Let's uh, do it. Don't they have enough real things to report in New York? I mean, don't they have murders every five seconds there? Yeah, but that's usual. I I suppose. There's nothing I can do about that. All right. Well, OJ has been released from a Nevada jail after shelling out some big bucks to regain his freedom. I don't know where he gets it. He has been in the Clark County Detention Center in Vegas since last Friday when his former bail bondsman told authorities he violated the terms of his bond agreement. Prosecutors claim Simpson broke those terms by leaving a profanity-laden voicemail message for a co-defendant. I hope this isn't it. <laughs> we got you. Thanks. For those who didn't hear Breaker the first one <laughs> okay. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Any questions? <laughs> no. I think just a generalized what would handle everything. All right. Uh, well, let's break. I'll uh, come back after this. More from Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Later on, we'll talk to Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Uh, now, the glorious bastard of the week will give away a copy of this terrible, new, uh, this wonderful new Jessica Alba film, which I, I kid you not, is based on the Ten Commandments. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It really is like uh, it's like real life grown up role playing. He is a level five paladin with fifteen hit points. That is unbelievable. Yeah. This is really loud. Thank you. I didn't do anything. Okay. Why? Hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, assembled by robots in the United States. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. I gotta find that onion story now. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. This is Jim Riley. Let's do a Britney watch, shall okay, we? Can we please? Here's your Britney watch for uh, Thursday.
A late native car chasing in pursuit of Brittany in the valley landed four photographers under arrest for reckless driving. The men were each ordered to pay $5,000 in bail. Uh, Spears was not among those driving recklessly in the Mission Hills area last night. Spears told police one of the cars driven by the paparazzi tried to run her off the road. Just a matter of time before we have a Princess Diana ending here. Wasn't it? Did you speaking of Princess Diana? What was it the story that came out the other day? It wasn't the Queen Mum, but it was like no, who, she's dead. Who was it that called um, the Queen Mum's not dead? There she is. It's Queen Elizabeth, isn't it? No, Queen Elizabeth is Queen Elizabeth. The Queen Mum is her mother. I didn't know that. Is there only is there only one Queen Mum? Yes, there was. Really? And so no one else can be the Queen Mum? Well, I no, well no. Who was it that called Diana a whore? That's that's what I want to oh, know. Oh, I basically. think it was Diana's own mother. Re oh, her own? <laughs> really? Not her, the queen. Her mother. own mother. Yes. Okay. And you are a whore. And it was because Diana had had sex with a Muslim man, and therefore was, in her mother's estimation, a whore. Mm. So that's a whole classy group of individuals. That is. Uh, I'm sorry. So here. That is kind of strange, though, because she's dating. She was dating a Muslim man, and now. Is that Dodi Fayed? Was Dodi Fayed a Muslim? Is that the, who they're referring to? Yes, he is a Muslim. And so the Diana, Princess Diana's mom is like, you're a whore. Mm -hmm. uh, and here's Britney Spears, you know. Oh, that's right. So she is paralleling Princess Di. Mm -hmm. Okay. Beware of tunnels. Well, uh, Britney's manager and personal shopper, San Lupti, uh, called into one of Ryan Seacrest's many radio programs today. <laughs> one of one of the 75 <laughs> federally mandated Ryan Seacrest radio broadcasts. To try to explain his number one client's middle-of-the-night shopping spree earlier today. Okay. That didn't get, he didn't get much further than saying it was because of boredom and the lack of new digs. Uh -huh. And he said that Britney is running around upstairs. She's putting something on. This uh, from Britney's Beverly Hills mansion. She is running around naked and yelling about how smelly she is. This was before 9 a.m. And this is, is this the thing where... They were shopping until 4 a.m. Is this the thing where they're on... Uh, they were on the phone of Ryan Seacrest's radio show, yes. and Britney is in the background yelling, um, yelling, I stink? Yes. Yeah, I haven't heard it, but I read I read sort of like a, a transcript of it. Mm -hmm. So, all well, right. Well, I, I think we can all understand what wonderful. that might be. <laughs> well, no, uh, no, but now I'll have to think about it. Thank you. Our Governor Mike Huckabee vows to send all illegal aliens home. He said this in Tigerville, South Carolina. Uh, he's signing a pledge to enforce immigration laws and make all illegal aliens go home. The pledge is operated by uh, an immigration uh, control advocacy group called Numbers USA. It commits Mr. Huckabee to oppose a new path to uh, uh, citizenship for current illegals. Some say this is a tough plan, but it's also fair and reasonable. There are like millions and millions of these people, <laughs> and this is a reasonable plan. There are 11 million, by most estimates, there are 11 million illegal uh, immigrants. So he's going to run them all up. He's going to do it. Is he going to do it all? Is it, it going to be him by himself, or is he going to get that sheriff who carries the big stick? Oh, I don't know. Him and, oh, be, be him and the pupper, pusser stick. Yeah. Just walking from one house to another. Well, you know, here's the thing. If, if Huckabee gets elected, I mean, and really, it is anybody's game at this point. That might actually, we, maybe we should encourage that, because on the one hand, he won't possibly be able to do it, but on the other hand, it will keep him out of, you know, trouble for a while. Like, it's a good way to keep a president occupied and just to get him to get off our back and leave us the hell alone. Oh, that would be good. No, it's like, it, like if the president announced uh, that he wanted to go carve, like, a thousand-foot statue of David Hasselhoff, you know? That's, as president, I will go to the desert, and I will carve a thousand-foot statue of David Hasselhoff. I would completely vote. I would support such a plan because it would just it would get get him away from the Oval Office and keep him from interfering interfering in my life in any way. So, all right. Uh, prominent leaders are now turning to Karl Rove for some ridiculous reason. 
Uh, he's telling the Republicans how they can win the upcoming presidential election, which he says is going to be very easy. Our candidates are offering solutions with smaller government, lower taxes, and a strong national defense. And on the other side, as they continue to run to the left to appease MoveOn.org, the Democrats are proposing just the opposite. They want more spending, more taxes, more government, a weaker defense, and America, unfortunately, would then be more at risk. Yeah, okay. More edits. <laughs> we demand more closely cropped sound bites, devoid of any real meaning. The Armed Citizen. This comes just from South Carolina. Something good did happen there. A Lauren County woman shot and killed an intruder who was hiding under her bed. Well done. The unidentified woman heard a noise shortly before after uh, returning home from work. When she went to investigate, she saw a hand under her bed. So she got her pistol and shot the guy three times. Jesus. Not realizing it was her neighbor's 23-year-old grandson. Well, but who cares? He's under the bed. The coroner says it's understandable how this tragedy could have occurred. You found someone in your house who should not be there. They're under the bed, and, and you're scared, and of course you've got a pistol there for protection, and you do what you're supposed to do. You find, you you, you find yourself too close to a microphone, and someone from the Associated Press doesn't know how to pull it away from your mouth. So what? So she goes into the bedroom, sees a hand under the bed. Well, I would completely shoot that guy. Yep. You give, you answer him in lead. That's exactly what you do. That's exactly what she Good did. One for you. of the bullets was lodged in the side of the bed. Two was in him. Excellent. Well, Two was in him. <laughs> well done. Can I tell you this? I have a fear of the thing under the bed. And when I say a fear, I mean I'm, I mean I'm a grown man, nearly 35 years of age. I know that there really isn't a thing under the bed. Or is there? But here, but uh, the hand under the bed sort of resonates with me, and I'll tell you why. When I, it's weird how these things kind of affect you from childhood. When I was about six or seven years old, I went through a haunted house, uh, and uh, and the haunted house oh, it creeps me out just to think about it. Okay, it's freaking me out even just a little bit. I want to hear about just, it. Just, to, just uh, and and I know this is a little like a dream, or it's a thing that isn't freaking anybody else, but. Our church, of all places, because Catholics do love their demonic, creepy, satanic imagery, our church had a haunted house that they put together. And it wasn't like a God-haunted house where it was like, and this man looked at pornography and now he is in Hades. It was, I mean, it was like a traditional haunted house with spooks and specters and ghosts and goblins and whatever. Um, but it was in the basement of the church. And oh. our church basement was sort of creepy anyway. The church basement was sort of kind of all like a maze and had little rooms and little closets. And it was dimly lit under okay. like the, yeah, like the best of circumstances. It was never really brightly lit. It was cold all the time. And, and they the just put up a sign over the doorway saying heaven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that right there. Well done. Um, <laughs> look, a necktie on the door handle means don't come in for a few minutes. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm going to have a red hanky in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so they did this haunted house um, in the church basement. And I mean, maybe I'm giving it more credence than it really deserves because I was really young. But in my memory, it was really terrifying. I mean, they didn't pull any punches. It wasn't like it wasn't like some of them now, where they have one version for kids during the day and then one for adults at night. This is like one size fits all. We're going to scare the s out of you. And I remember going through it about seven years of age. And okay, here's the creepy thing: in the church basement, the church basement was also where the sort of nursery was, where they would have small children hang out during church. So like, if you had a baby and you didn't want him up there squalling away, they had a little nursery down in the basement of the church. This just sounds evil. There was a nursery in the basement of the church where the kids would be occupied during Mass. 
And so one of the rooms was, that they decorated for the haunted house was the nursery, and they just left it a nursery, but it was like an evil nursery. So I remember walking through this nursery in the church haunted house, and as I'm walking by, they had a bed in there, which I guess is where kids would maybe take naps during church or whatever. I remember walking by this bed in the church nursery that was part of the haunted house, and like a hand reached out from underneath the bed and grabbed my ankle. And yeah. somebody had painted the hand green with like spots on it. I can remember like it was yesterday. And that just terrified the living crap out of me. That was, I mean, that, I was like, that traumatized me. I think I actually, the next thing I remember was actually being out in the church parking lot still screaming. <laughs> it just like completely broke my brain. So the, the hand under the bed is a thing that actually still resonates pretty strongly with me. Um, oh, by the way, I have this, um, I have this onion story that I was referring to with the weird grandma. We'll, pl we'll play, play that here into the break. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there we have the police in Farmington, Utah, questioning a group of teens who traded naked pictures of themselves over their cell phones. All the pictures were taken and traded with consent, and other pictures were shared with adults, but people say a crime was committed nonetheless. Uh, somebody spoke with uh, Shane Whitaker from Farmington Police about the teen's response to this questioning. They were very nervous uh, and scared that something's going to happen to them. Uh, they, they, Like I said, they really didn't believe that at that point when they were doing it, that they were doing anything malicious. Now, this is, uh, were they all, were they under the age of 18? It doesn't say. Because that's the thing. Remember, there was, there was a case like this about a year ago where it was like a teenage boyfriend and girlfriend took photos of themselves having sex. They were like 17, and they filmed themselves having sex, and then like the mom found it, which is awkward enough. But then they found out that it was, under the law, child pornography, even though they had filmed themselves, and they were obviously it was a consenting couple and whatever. Um, and it was actually child porn. And, like, they were trying to label the guy a sex offender because he had photos of a 17-year-old having sex, even though it was him and his girlfriend both underage. Hmm. So that, and in Farmington, Utah, I know this will surprise you, but it's not, like, the most forward-thinking place on planet Earth. Well, Forbes magazine lists Salt Lake City as the number one city in the country for jobs. Uh, let's see, the, uh, the city has a very nice high cost of living. Unemployment and uh, growth rate. The head of the Department of Corporation for Utah, Jeff Edwards, says more and more businesses are moving to Utah every day. You know, one of the things that this recognizes is that uh, we've got a well-educated and youthful workforce, which is just not the case in other youthful. parts of the country. So uh, regardless of what happens in the national economy, uh, companies still need good employees, and, and that's one of the benefits that we bring to the table. And there really are a lot of huge businesses in Salt Lake. I mean, you don't really think about that place as being like a city on the move, but uh, it is. Uh, well, there's see. nothing else around it, so they don't have a choice. Well, no, that's that, a great place of business. That really is. That is the case. I mean, I, I will give this to the. Uh, I will give this to what we'll call the Utah culture. Uh, the, those people are really big on self-sufficiency. They really are into. I mean, really, if they could, well, I was going to say, if they could secede from the union, they didn't want to be part of the union in the first place. I mean, Utah did everything they could to remain an independent state. They didn't want to be any part of the federal government. Um, and so, I mean, if they could, if they had their druthers, as my mom would say, I mean, they would be their own separate country right now. Uh, they are very big on the on having their own sort of enclosed, self-sufficient system. Uh, speaking of which, this guy says, Colin, P1 listener, wants to know, Rick, I will be traveling to Salt Lake City tomorrow morning. Do you have any suggestions for interesting things to do and or see? I'll try to see Temple Square and all the usual tourist crap. Plus, Sundance will be happening, uh, so a Park City sojourn might be in order. If you have any other suggestions, please let me know. Um, 
Well, you can go to Park City. Uh, Sundance is pretty cool. I went one year. Uh, Sundance is actually, I mean, and it is, the cliche is true. If you go to Sundance, you'll, you, if you go to the Sundance Film Festival, even if you don't have tickets to see a film, if you just go to Park City and just wander the streets during Sundance, the odds are really high that you'll run into celebrities. I did. Uh, and that was, and I was, and I didn't even know Sun, I've told that story a million times, but I didn't even know Sundance was going on. I just, I thought it was a regular movie theater. I was just like, one please, and popcorn. Hey, there's Brian Wilson. And, I mean, I just had no idea. So I, I was just a total moron. I had no idea that the, the film festival was even happening. Um, so there's that. Yeah, go to Temple Square. That's where they put all the really hot female missionaries. Um, let's see. Oh, and visit a place, uh, Colin, while you're there. Visit a store, which used to be in Sugar House, but I think it's now in Central Salt Lake. Uh, visit a store called The Heavy Metal Shop. It's one of the best record stores you will ever visit in your life. Uh, the Heavy Metal Shop. That's one of that. your many T-shirts, isn't it? I, the Heavy Metal Shop. And you know what? Every now and again, Sarah has a friend, actually, that I ran into a while back who was wearing a Heavy Metal Shop shirt. It was... Oh, Chris. Chris. Yeah, he was he, wearing because that. Because he lived in Utah. Yeah. The Heavy Metal Shop is great, and it's the kind of store that really could only exist in a place like Salt Lake because it's it's there as a sort of backlash. It's there because that's where you need it. And it's the store that, as the title would imply, sells only Heavy Metal. The guy there has, I mean, memorabilia that will just blow your mind. Uh, and for the, I don't know if it's still there, but for the longest time, out front it would say the heavy metal shop, and then above it in 15 high, foot high letters, somebody had just written Slayer, like in huge letters covered in flame. So, anyway, that's a great place. And while you're there, eat at a place called Crown Burger. So, there you go. That's the extent of my advice. Here's Tim Riley. Looks like Jenna Bush is getting married in May. Uh, she and her fiance, Henry Hager, will be married on May 10th, but not at the warehouse. I mean, the White House. The. <laughs> what is the warehouse? The warehouse? The men's warehouse? Why are they not getting married at the warehouse, Tim Riley? Well, instead, they're they getting married at the uh, president's 1,600 acres of dirt in Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> we got to clear some brush away, though. I'm going to get married to, in a pea patch. <laughs> to make way for the preacher man. Uh, Jenna is 26. <laughs> she became engaged in August. Uh, apparently, her, uh, her uh, groom is from a prominent Republican family. Whatever. <laughs> Let's see here. <laughs> that's about it, really. It doesn't matter. You know what? I, you know, here's the thing about Jenna Bush. You know, there's that movie, Things You Can Tell Just By Looking At Her. Here's something you can tell about Jenna Bush by looking. Just because she's married doesn't mean that she's off the table for me. Just, doesn't mean that my chances have gone away. So, uh, there you go. All right. Uh, former American Idol finalist Clay Aiken will make his Broadway debut. He will star in the Tony Award winning musical Monty Python Spamalot. Really? He will star as Sir Robin, a role originated by a oh. Fraser alumni, David Hyde Pierce. Well. It's expected to run at, at least through May 4th. At, that does make sense, actually, that mm. bit of casting. Uh, he was the runner-up for the second season for Parks' American Idol. He has sold more than six million albums. Is that possible? To, to whom? I don't know. Seriously. Okay, I mean this I mean this Who sincerely. Who has a Clay Aiken album? If you are not named Joni and you own a Clay Aiken album, I want you to call right now. Seriously. And I mean that. I won't make fun of you either. I want because I think Joni and her kid own a Clay because they're big American Idol watchers. I think she owns a Clay Aiken record. If you own a record, it, 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 scratch that. If you purchased a Clay Aiken record, I really honestly want to hear from you and I want to know why. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. You don't get anything for calling except you know our, Clay Aiken our, album. our respect and whatever. I want to know if you if you uh, purchased a Clay Aiken record, who and why. Uh, hello, sir, or madam, as the case may be. Hello, Rick Emerson. Hello, sir. 
Yeah, I just wanted to pass along that uh, there's snow out in Portland, in southeast Portland. Is that true How right now? How far in southeast? Where? Uh, I'm at 169th and uh, Stark, and there appears to be flakes falling. So it's snowing in Gresham. Yeah, well, it's almost Gresham. I mean, this is this that is, is no. Land. Now look, don't make me do this again. Th- that is Gresham. It's okay. 161st. Isn't that the dividing line? Well. Technically, that's considered no man's land. Really? The, the demilitarized uh, zone? Dude, I'm serious. If you've seen any reports on what goes on out here on the Max Line, Portland police wants nothing to do with it. Gretchen well, police wants nothing to do with it. All right, but it's snowing where you are. Yes, it is snowing where I am. All right, excellent. Uh, Everybody panic. Well, you know, it was trying to snow on the way. I was walking back it to the plant trying. pantry today. It was trying well, to snow. Well, you know, it's sort of, you know, a few sk- flakes, but it was, they, flake, couldn't, flake, flake. they couldn't really oh. get it together. So The weather's just not applying itself. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye now. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, my name is Cody, and I own a Clay Aiken album. Now, did you purchase it? I did. Okay. Did you purchase it for yourself? Yes. Why? <laughs> I'm not trying to knock you. Really, honestly, are you a Clay Aiken <laughs> fan? Okay, it was when it was when uh, him and uh, Ruben first uh, Ruben were in that, were in that, finale, were in that uh, finale, and uh, I liked his, I liked his version of Solitaire, and so that's why I bought it. Now, what is Solitaire? It's a uh, I think Neil Sedaka wrote it, I believe. Him? Solitaire. I don't know. That's uh, possible. I'm, I mean, I'm kind of a low grade Neil Sedaka fan. Well, I have to look at him now. Okay, so you liked his version of Solitaire, and you purchased right. the entire. Now, how many records, to your knowledge, has Clay Aiken put out? Well, that's the only one I've ever bought of his, but I think he put out like a... I'm assuming he put out a Christmas record at some point. He put out a Christmas album, and then uh, I think another one after that. All right. Now, how often do you listen to that Clay Aiken? When's the last time you listened to it? I haven't listened to it since I first bought it. I think I listened (laughs) to it twice then. How much did you pay for it? Uh, 12, 13 bucks, something like that. Uh, Was it online, or did you buy the physical CD? Uh, I went to Target and bought it, I think, actually. All right. When you bought it, did you feel a little silly? Oh, yeah, I was embarrassed. I think I had my ex-wife buy it for me, actually. All right, excellent. All right, okay, excellent. Uh, so, so you, I mean, you don't sound like you regret it as such. It's just not a thing you really find yourself wanting to listen to. <clears throat> well, I, I didn't regret it until I, I met my new girlfriend, and uh, she was going through my CDs, and she came across this. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a little bit like, well, uh, I, was, uh, I was drunk, you know. And, uh, right next to your copy of Les Mis. Exactly, yeah. yeah. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. No problem. Oh, I appreciate it. See how we were nice to that guy? Yeah. All right. I'm looking up the song Solitaire right now. I must have heard it at some point. If I was a secret agent, my name would be Solitaire. Just so you know. Why? Because it's cool. Like if I was a spy. Let's forget I just had this whole little conversation with myself. Here's Tim Riley. Bump it. <laughs> Too late. Christina Aguilera is back at home after giving birth to her first child. E Online reports a singer and the baby boy Max were released from the hospital yesterday. Uh, he was born in a C-section and weighs uh, six pounds and two ounces. She says she's really hurting. It's more painful than she thought it would be. What, what about painful? She had a C-section. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that doesn't hurt at all. Is something numb yet? It seems like that hurts. Then. It seems like that hurts less than you know the shoving, well, the tearing. You think they might have given her a Tylenol or something? I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure that a C-section hurts. Having you know whatever, I'm sure having any kind of incision well, made they take out hurts. all of your insides. Wow. <laughs> well, she claims on <laughs> they set them on a table. Very sore. Sore. That's a great word. Stomach and everything. They take out your stomach. And then they put it back in. And then they take out the baby and then they put you all back together. Here's again. the thing. Girls who are put hot. Tray. Girls who are considered hot or kind of sexy or whatever shouldn't use the word sore. That's never good. I'm feeling a little sore today. Don't want to hear about it. Please don't tell me. 
Uh, so She was going to get a million dollars with OK Magazine for the rights of the first baby pictures, but the deal fell through. They took out her stomach? Yeah, they have to take it, you know, because your uterus is in there and there are all these things. See, I don't really know. I don't have one. I mean, I know it's... Yeah. I mean, how do I put this? I know where your uterus is in terms of, like, if I was just looking at you, mm-hmm. I know where it is, it's like, like right, top to bottom. Like but right front there. to back, I don't know where it is. Yeah, there's too much stuff in there. So it's in the back. All the, yeah, so they have to move all the stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, that really weirded me out the, oh. the first time somebody told me that. Oh, so take really it out, like, bizarre. move everything aside and out, and then take out the baby, put you back together. So it is just like that pregnancy baby. It's like that invisible or that visible woman thing. Absolutely. Totally like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was anatomically correct in, in that sense anyway. Weird. Oh, I have this Clay Aiken so- uh, solitaire song. Who wants to hear it? I guess I do. By the way, it, it is a Neil Sedaka song, most famously uh, most famously covered by the Carpenters. Um, oh, okay, now I know which one it is. And see, I don't think I know it. And I'm, you know, kind of a Carpenters fan. It's snowing in Wilsonville. Is it? You know what? Maybe something's telling us not to ride the tram. Last year, nah. there was a thunderstorm. It'll be fine. And a tornado on this. Today, it's snowing. It'll be like being in our own little snow globe. I don't mm. like this one bit. Oh, no, it's going to be great. Is there a gift shop at the end? Uh, yeah, at the end of the tram? That's a good question, actually. Somebody told me there's a 970 sticker. Remember there, there's that, fa- that fabulous French Oriental restaurant? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, thank you, Helen. <laughs> uh, here we go. This totally sounds like a carpenter song. Mm-hmm. When the world was upside down. Really? <laughs> I could take all the time I had. Who's this lady singing? But I'm not gonna wait. <laughs> if you picture like Roberta Flack, oh, no. so fast. I can picture a woman singing this. Macy Gray. Because every kiss is a kiss you can never. Can I just point out that that man? Heard this song and said to himself, I have to go buy this CD right now. Or maybe so, it's Handlers. He said you wouldn't make fun of it. No, I'm not making fun. I'm just pointing it out. Waiting for the hook. I know this song. I totally know this song. I know. What's it called? Solitaire. Solitaire. Oh, you're a secret agent. Oh, wait, hold on. Let's. Real quick, let's alienate everybody by now by playing the Neil Sadaka version. Okay, this is Neil Sadaka's version of Solitaire. I like Neil Sadaka. There was a man. He sounds even more like a woman. Well, he was the Clay Aiken of his days. Huh, that's true. Neil Sadaka is one of those guys who's had so much plastic surgery now. You wonder, he looks, you know what he looks like? This is a man? Yeah, Yeah, this is Neil Sadaka. Comma, comma, dam, dabby, doo, bam, dam, breaking up is hard to do. And the calendar girl, too. Yeah. Uh, Neil Sadaka, you know what he looks like? He looks like Don Kirshner. If you remember what Don Kirshner looks like. Don Kirshner, here on KCMD Portland. Neil Sadaka has had so much plastic surgery, you wonder how he can smile without his face shattering into tiny little pieces. All right, well, this is... Did you want to hear the Carpenters version? Let's just round out this solitaire trifecta. Here's the Carpenters singing solitaire. Playing three different versions of a song that's like five years old by now. Boy, I do like the Carpenters, but they're just like bathwater. The Carpenters are like a big warm blanket that puts you to sleep. Yeah. Okay, let's be done with that. All right, here's Tim Riley. 
Uh, Lionel Richie says he's thrilled to be a grandfather, but admits it may take me a while to adjust to being being called granddad. The former Commodorean frontman took on the role as elder patriarch when his adopted daughter Nicole gave birth to her first child, Harlow Wintle Kate Madden. That is a long name. Harlow Harlow Winter Wait, Kate. Let's stop Madden. again. What is the first name? Harlow. Harlow. Winter. Winter. Kate. Kate. Madden. Bravo. Sierra. Foxtrot. Five three nine. Turn your key. Uh, apparently the singer, I got it. Joel Madden, <laughs> is the baby's father. Okay. He calls little Harlow, quote, the newest and most beautiful edition of the Ritchie clan. The Ritchie clan. Do you suppose that Lionel Ritchie might find a better, uh, who said clan? Please Lionel, tell, Lionel please tell me that Lionel Ritchie himself referred to it as a clan. He did. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's why you hire PR people, by the way, so that Lionel Ritchie isn't talking about being a member of the clan. The Klan. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. Well, in what the publisher calls a record-breaking deal, George Michael is working on a memoir to come out in the fall of 2009. Sweet, I'm all over that. Harper Collins says the book currently entitled will be an Axis All Area story, whatever that means, with the 44-year-old Michael writing extensively about his professional and personal life. I think he's older than 44, by the way. Yeah, I, th- I do, too. That's, that, that sounds fake to me. That just feels wrong. It feels wrong. Uh, let's see here. A publishing official with knowledge of negotiation said the deal is worth at least $6 million. For the British rights alone, among the British, uh, biggest uh, publishing contracts ever for that market, at least $7 million overall. Yeah. George has promised uh, uh, Harper Collins a no-holds-barred biography, and it's certain to be just that, said the singer's manager, Andy Stevens. Uh, people aren't stupid. They're beginning to notice that the truth is more interesting than the stories that the press comes up with. I don't know about that. Uh, Michael's many hits include Careless Whisper, Faith, Father Figure, among others. There are several run-ins with the law on charges ranging from drug possession to lewd conduct. Elton John, with whom Michael has performed on stage, has spoken of a deep-rooted unhappiness in the singer's life. You know, I, well, he's, I mean, as big as George Michael and Wham were in America. I mean, they're three times that big in Britain. I mean, they really are. For a while, Wham was like the big... In fact, have they done... Did they do a reunion show and I missed it somehow? I think they did one. They did one, like or, a one-off? Or, or we're going to do one. I don't know if it ever really happened, though. Uh, I would I would uh, totally be down for that for a Wham reunion show. I mean I would I would have I would, George Michael doesn't really get the credit he sometimes doesn't sometimes get the credit anyway that he deserves for being a really fantastic pop songwriter. I mean he's written some of the most enduring pop songs of the last 25 years. Uh, I mean just the hits you rattled off right there. I mean it really is pretty staggering. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Oh, it's snowing in Beaverton by Washington Square, by the way. Yeah. If we are going to begin doing this, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Rick, you said you weren't going to make fun of me. Oh, is this the Clay Aiken guy? Yeah. Well, I didn't in make my de- fun. In my defense, that was not Solitaire you were playing, the Clay Aiken song. I swear to you, it was labeled Solitaire by Clay Aiken. <laughs> it wasn't, I swear to you. Well, how come all the other songs labeled Solitaire sounded exactly yeah, like that, that was three. One? We played three well, different versions of Solitaire, and they all were the same song. I well, think Sarah, listen to the words. They're, they're, they're different Sarah. Sarah. Cody, I was the one standing up for you, and you're sitting there <laughs> turning your back on me? And I didn't make fun of you. I simply paused the song and noted that you were presumably a man and yet purchased the CD. It was just sort of an odd juxtaposition. That's fine. Well, this is what I get for sticking up for Willie Ames last week. Whatever. <laughs> good luck on the tram. Oh, oh, he had to put in the good luck on the tram. Thank Has you. Willie Ames ever put out an album? No, well, it's hard to say. Thank you, sir. Okay, that really was worth it, though, just for the good luck on the tram at the end. Thank you. Well done. 
All right, here's that. Uh, you really Bob. don't think that all these like like freak like weather things are happening every day? We're supposed to go on the trail. I don't think it's no. a freak weather thing, seeing as how it's winter. So it hasn't snowed in weeks. That's not true. It snowed. It snowed like two days ago. Just not here. I mean, it snowed in Sylvania. Didn't in Sylvania? Didn't, didn't it snow like two days ago? Schools were Where's delayed Sylvania? by Sylvania. Sylvania. That's that where Susan Reynolds lives. Sylvania? No, Susan Reynolds doesn't live in Sylvania. No, but that is Sylvania school district. Isn't that right out there? Oh, yeah. oh, Sylvan? Sylvan? Is it Sylvania? <laughs> What's Sylvania? Am I making that up? That Half be, of Transylvania? That, welcome to Sylvania! That used to be the, the, the uh, television they gave away on Beat the Clock. Yeah, that's exactly. Sylvania <laughs> made TVs. <laughs> Sylvania was a brand of television. You're completely right. Okay, yeah. Sylvan. So it was that's where Susan Reynolds' kids go to school. That was delayed by two hours the other day. So it's not like it's unheard of. You're just trying to get out of riding the tram for a second week. We can't no, get out of it I'm, now. I'm Hans has been tra- very good. I'm just saying, like, this is two weeks in a row where, uh, I don't know. Well, I'm looking you know. a little nervous. Well, it'll be over one way or the other soon. Here's yeah. Tim Riley. A woman has filed a lawsuit claiming somebody licked her toes during an eye exam. Uh, the Chicago Tribune uh, says, uh, well, the woman and her former assistant are in trouble. Uh, this doctor is accused of licking the woman's toes after telling her she uh, she had to keep her eyes closed for several minutes. The woman alleges that when she opened her eyes, she felt something unusual. She saw the eye doctor... Wait, when she opened her eyes, she felt something unusual? Yeah. Well, she opened her eyes because she felt... Had she unusual. numbed... Wait, were her toes numb before? It doesn't specify. Okay. She saw the eye doctor pulling his shirt down. <laughs> wow. So when she accused him of licking her toes, you know he, he was he rubbing was, his nipples while was, doing uh, it. You he, know that's what that's about. He was testing her sugar level. <laughs> the eye doctor was eventually sugar. I got to test your level. And the court record shows he pled guilty level. to misdemeanor battery in the incident. Was sentenced to one year probation. Wonderful. She wants fifty thousand dollars in damages. That's great. Hey, you know here's a weird thing about the eye doctor. Uh, I don't know if you've ever done that thing where they they put the eye drops in that numb your eye, and then they push that thing against your eye to test the pressure. Mm-hmm. What's weird is the knowledge that he's pressing a thing and, like, indenting your eye, and you can't really feel it. That's kind of weird. That is kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is one of those days. I'm just saying, it's kind of weird. Don't you think about it? Don't you think about that sometimes? You're sitting there going, this guy's pressing a thing against my eyeball. Nobody's ever pressed a thing against my eyeball. So yeah, they, prob- they probably have. That's the thing is you just don't know it. That it, this is what you do. Here's the thing. Because it's what you do... Uh, it's what they do if you if you opt not to have the puff of air machine. If you do, if you you know, because you know the puff of air, the glaucoma thing, which we all hate. If you opt not to use that machine, which is your choice, they'll do this thing instead, where they put eye drops in your eyes, and then he says, "Okay, I'm going to look in your eye for a second. and he puts that like bright light thing, and you don't realize it, but he's actually pressing it against your eyeball to test the pressure, and you absolutely don't know. Like you would never know if they didn't How tell did you. How do you about know it. then? Because he told me he's like. He's like, you know, because like, we have to rinse the eye drops out. And I said, oh, are they dangerous? And he, he said, no, 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 it numbs your eye so that I can press this thing against it and test the pressure. That's what I just did. Mm. And you don't even know about it. But you know what? i got to tell you, it is so much better than that puff of air machine. F that thing. I'm never getting that done again. I didn't even know it was my right to opt out. Screw that. Here's Tim Riley. Well, next time, make sure you don't check the toe-licking box. No, I, I'm just saying. All right. The marijuana possession charge has been dropped in Florida against... The actor who played Bud Bundy on the television show Married with Children. They dropped the charges against 34-year-old David Faustino after he completed a drug treatment program. He was arrested in May at New Smyrna Beach after a police officer witnessed an argument between him and his ex-wife. Shortly after that argument, the officer found less than 20 grams of marijuana on Faustino's possession. It's not less, it's fewer. Whatever. 
Scientists in California. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Scientists in California say they have produced embryos that are clones of two men, a potential step forward into developing valuable stem cells. This new report documents embryos made with ordinary skin cells, but it's not the first time they've done it. So I don't know why we're reading it. But anyway, they've uh, created uh, human cells, like anybody's interested. Is this the animals that you're talking about? Animals. No, no. You, no, no that's that was a different, a different story. story. That's something else that you haven't gotten to yet. No. I'll get to that later. Right. A girl has died as a toilet collapses. Uh, two little girls were killed when a toilet collapsed, plunging them into a watery waste. Uh, this happened in some country in South Africa. This seems like a buzzkill of a story. It is. Well, it is. It's pretty... he plunges on ahead. The kids I'm sorry, plunging. plunges is probably the wrong word to use. The kids oh, were, we're going screaming to... for help. Oh. I could hear oh. their voices, but I couldn't help them. And yet you continue reading it. They were crying out loud, help, help, help. And when I tried to get them, I saw the toilets uh, fall on... Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> what we see. A hospital is apologizing for dirty toilets. Uh, sorry this should have never happened, admitted the boss of the Warrington Hospital. After revelations of putrid smelling toilets stained with feces. Again, Outraged <laughs> <laughs> patients have inundated us with further complaints about being disgustingly filthy since we highlighted the problems. Blood soiled dressings, a sanitary towel, a half eaten sandwich, and rolls of dust. <laughs> Did you just like Google toilets? Did you say rolls of dust? Yes. <laughs> What does a roll of dust look like? This, this is from England, so I'm not really sure. We can't excuse the forgiveness. We just don't have enough stuff to give the level of care we wanted. There's also been a surge of patients being treated within an 18-week uh, target, uh, pre preventing closure of the ward. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Apparently, uh, the patients are using only two mixed toilets, contributing oh. to the problem. Oh. We always have very strict and female toilets. They should have never happened. Oh, okay. Uh, she urged all patients to, continue, uh, to complain right away. When patients aren't happy about things, they should let us know right then and there. Uh. Ask to see the matron so we can do something about it. We always want to establish a first-class clean. Uh, we have improved quality, patient experience, the environment, cleanliness, and customer care. And uh, Saying we can improve every day. A first-class clean makes it sound like English isn't even like their fourth language over there. That Actually, like it is English. It's the, from England. The Zagreb or whatever. Rolls of dust. This is from this is Cheshire.co.uk. Oh. All right. Hospital, sorry for dirty toilets. Thank you, Barbara Jordan, for writing that story. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, hi, Rick. Hey. Yeah, just wondering, uh, in honor of the final running of the tram today. I was wondering if you could play Blood Rock. Uh, well, we'll see if we can maybe play that into a break or something. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Sky yeah. belongs to the stars. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi, Rick. It's Uncle Steve. Hello, sir. Uh, it is snowing out in Lake Big Ego. Never bought a Clay in CD. I did buy the William Hung DVD. Oh, no, I have the Hung for the Holidays uh, CD. You got to get the DVD, twenty four ninety six. You can really tell where the money went. <laughs> really? Did it go to five the... one surround sound mix? You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> went to the packaging and the yeah, because that's that's really the only way to enjoy William Hung is to really get that subwoofer cranked up and really just sit there and glory in it. Well, I wouldn't know. I gave it to Rick over at Super Digital so he could listen to it on that full on Pro Tools really? studio. That really is... hear it in its true glory. That's the only way to hear it. Thank you, sir. 
All right. The only song I've ever heard of William Hung's is when he was on Arrested Development with William Hung and the Hung Jury. Yeah. Uh, no, I have that hung for the holiday CD. It's terrible. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Sarah, I just wanted to let you know there's a, there's a simple, easy way to opt out if you're really scared about the tram ride. All you have to do is say when you get on it, if you look and you see a very young William Shatner character looking nervously out the window, that's a good excuse not to get on the tram. That's kind of creepy. Wait, uh, what are you referencing there? Uh, going back to uh, Twilight Zone. And the oh, oh the I light. thought you were doing Star Trek. You're doing Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Yeah. Oh. There's a gremlin on the wing of the plane! Exactly. All right, excellent. Okay, you thank must you believe know. me. I'm not crazy. All right, thank you. By the way, one other thing. Yeah. I don't want to hear any more about Timmy Ryan's sex life. I've got this horrible image burned into my mind of him finishing his relationship with someone, and he yells out, and I'm Timmy Ryan, and that's 70 seconds of your life you'll never get back. Zing! Oh. Yeah, well done, sir. Congratulations. That was Best great. show ever. I am ashamed I didn't come up with that myself. Thank you. All right. Bye now. That's really good. That is so funny. That was. <laughs> well, today is gold. Well done, sir. Fantastic. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Time for a taser watch. Here's your taser watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson program. Taser Watch with Tim Riley. The town of Waukesha. Waukesha. All right, a town of Waukesha man is accused of stealing a taser stun gun from an East Troy police officer, later videotaping himself and his father tasing each other, <laughs> and then putting the video on YouTube. <laughs> the video clip of the father-slash-son tasing duo appeared on YouTube after the taser was stolen on New Year's Day. Police say the 22-year-old man took the taser when he was uh, warming himself inside a squad car after his car had gone into a ditch. Uh, YouTube, which allows anyone to... Up we know what YouTube is. Ribbon and walk a shot. Still cutting-edge technology. Uh, the, the, the company removed uh, the video clip. Uh, police won't release oh. the video because the case Ooh. remains under investigation. Ooh. I hate it when video clips have been removed. By the way, this guy says... My apologies for the toilet stories. I just Googled feces and then sent him a bunch of results. So this guy apologizes for sending all the feces. That he's probably responsible for this story. Wait, I got another feces story here. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even know whether I should read this. I mean, I think you should. Well, <laughs> I don't really know that you're a bellwether of what should be read today. Yeah, you sir. already had to get dumped. Like <laughs> um. Okay, I'm gonna circle the, the sentence in question here. And then I'm going to have Tim and Sarah vote on whether it gets read. Tim, I'll let you read it and then hand that to Sarah. I've circled the sentence there. Oh. <laughs> no. Right there. That's not necessary. <laughs> oh, 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 but you reading about the children submerged in a toilet. What? That, and then balls of dust or rolls of dust or whatever they have in England now. All right. I would say no. Sarah? It's kind of interesting, though. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's pretty... Hey, by the way, Timmy Ryan just walked by and he looks horrible. I mean, you know, today. <laughs> not not know. in general. All right, well, you think on that, Sarah. You decide if I should uh, decide if I should read that story later. Here's Tim Riley. Mm. Oh, that was, the, that was the taser watch. There you go. Oh, that was the taser There's watch. There's your taser watch. You got them 
here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. A teenage girl suffering from allergies was killed by brushing her teeth with Aquafresh. Uh, Francesca Santa suffered from allergies and complained her gums were sore before collapsing and dying. <laughs> but Jesus, you're like Johnny Buzzkill today. You're the throat today. Uh, Francesca Santa was suffering from severe allergies, died of a massive uh, shock. And the days before her death, she complained that her gums were sore after using a newly repackaged Aquafresh toothpaste. Wait, when you say newly repackaged... That's what it says here. Does that mean that it was... Like refurbished? Is that like when you buy used electronics that have been repolished? And it could be something from the dollar store. <laughs> I I used toothbrush toothpaste from the dollar store one time, years ago. You should never put anything in your your body from the dollar store. You know, you know. Have you used your tooth tunes toothbrush yet, Sarah? Oh, I use it every day. Really? I meant to use it last night, but I forgot. I used it this morning, and yeah, it was it was great. I was out on my back porch. You know, Muppet was running around in the backyard. I'm sitting there rocking out to my I want to rock and roll. It's fantastic. Uh, so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna use that tonight when I go home. The uh, it's funny because uh, I think actually because you know Lars going to uh, to to Panama and she actually just packed a bunch of toothpaste. Which now that I think about it, they won't let her take anyway. I don't know what she was thinking. Well, I guess if you put it in your luggage, not in your carry on. Uh, but um, uh, anyway, but that, yeah. So Aqua Fresh is her toothpaste. But this isn't like regular Aqua Fresh. This was some sort of yes. return to the store and. They put the cap back on and sold it to some un- some unwary girl. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. Jack Nicholson is looking for love. <sighs> the legendary ladies' man wants to fall in love again. I never minded being a fool in love, says the 70-year-old Oscar winner in ARP magazine. It's nice to have a place to be foolish. Ask any old friend of mine and they'll say, Jack's pretty smart. But in this area, the man is beyond his pale. Don't ask him anything about love. Or if you ask him, don't listen to him. He says getting older has changed the ways he woos a woman. I can't hit on a girl in public like I used to. I never thought words like indignified would come to mind, but apparently I have to be careful with what I say. His past flames include Angelica Houston and Laura Flynn Boyle. He says he feels uncomfortable. He doesn't think anybody cares what he does these days. But he'd like to date a woman close to his age. Why are we talking younger. about this? <laughs> what, do, who is clamoring for news about Jack Nicholson's sex life? Weren't we just talking about people whose sex life doesn't interest us at all? No. Oh. Is he looking for a weekend show? I, I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll just let that go. Four, three, two, one. Okay, we've said that. All right, well done. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, it's snowing in southeast over by Woodstock. Hold and on. Hold on. Let me adjust my massive McDonald's bag full of quarter pounders. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Uh, about an hour ago, it was coming down near my house over in southeast right by Woodstock, and now I'm over in the Selwood area. Like Woodstock and, and what? Uh, 45th. Really? That's right by my... Okay, so it actually is snowing probably where I live. Now, was, yeah. when you say it was snow, it was, was this like real was, snow? I mean, it was, it was like... Not it, sticking. it was not sticking, but it was... Uh, but you it, could call it, you could call it flurries, but, but it was it, it was full on snow. It wasn't it, like kind of attempting snow. to snow. No, it was snow. Interesting. All right, excellent. And that would, but that is it still doing that right now. Um, I don't know uh, over by the Woodstock area, but I'm in the Selwood area, and it started coming down over here as well. Not as thick. All but, right, excellent. So. Th- thank you, sir. Thank you for the update. No problem. All right, Richie Bristol has noted that Tim Ryan looks bad because he was up all night. <laughs> yeah, here's Tim Riley. Uh, John and Martha Hucko were found dead in their colonial drive home Tuesday night. Police said the couple had intravenous lines with a barbiturate hooked up to their ankles, and Demerol was found near their bodies. The couple's daughter called them after receiving a suicide note from her father. The case is being treated as a murder-suicide, double suicide maybe, pending the results of autopsies and toxicology tests. Toxicology will determine if the drugs led to the Hucko's death. 
Police say that the test results could be released any time the next 14 weeks. And they were doctors? Or he was a doctor? He was a dentist and a former anesthesiologist. Dr. Hucko. Mm-hmm. He had a dental office on Brownsville Road, and his wife worked there as an assistant. Would you ever go to... I mean, doesn't Dr. Hucko sound like some guy who's riding a unicycle and giving you shots while juggling, you know, balls? Making balloon you know? animals? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Here, have some numeral. <laughs> All right, maybe not. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick? You? Hey. Hey. I'm in Newburgh, and absolutely nothing's happening. It's not snowing. <laughs> Peace out. Thank you. Excellent. Wonderful. There you go. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Russia's military has offered compensation to a homeowner after one of their rockets veered off course and crashed into his country home. <laughs> Russian Internet chat rooms are buzzing after local Russian news agencies <laughs> reported that an unidentified flying object dropped two bombs near Moscow. A defense ministry told Reuters that yes, two rockets went astray during a military exercise near Sorry. Moscow. One hit the roof of not an occupied home. Uh, the damage is estimated at 60,000 rubles. That's $2,000. It may be compensated for within uh, two days if they can find the are money. You, the owner of the house treats this incident with understanding. Are you telling me that a Russian missile hit the home and it, the damage is valued at $2,000? Or 60,000 rubles. Okay. I don't know whether that reflects more poorly on the house or on the missile that hit it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break, and we'll come back uh, with some more news and uh, um, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Let's all think about what we want to ask her. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm uh, Jamie Lynn. Brittany, obviously. Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. I don't even know what to ask about Brittany, though. Do I just say, like, hey, how's that like, Brittany? What's their opinion? Like, do they think that she's just completely bonkers? Do they think she's messing with people? Brittany. Equals... How much longer does she have? That's... Wait, hold on. Um, what were you doing right there? That's like Deborah Winger in Leap of Faith. Um, let's see, Brittany. Let's see, Jamie Lynn. Miscarriage or Mrs. Carriage? <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Carriage. Mr. and Miss Carriage. You're and ask, like, how, um, ask about Kevin Federline and if they really do feel like he is fearing. Because they, they did that article that he thinks that she's going to kidnap the kids. Safety of babies. Babies. Oh, and plus people are asking and that's where about the, the blue dot went. The John, the John Ed and John Edwards. Okay, John Edwards, blue dot. All right. We'll do these and then we'll do uh, one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hey, yeah. best show ever, Rick. Thank you, sir. Snow Watch Tualatin the last 45 minutes. What does that mean? It's been snowing all 10 for 45 minutes. Okay, okay, so for four, a, full, a solid 45 minutes. I thought minutes you were announcing the snow watch. In your what, is the, what is the estimated <laughs> accumulation? How much snow has is uh, on the ground? I'm nothing sticking, but right. it's been, Here's it's the been thing. snowing. From now, okay, thank you, sir. Thank you for helping us out there. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. Is everyone drunk today? Yes. Yeah. From now on, only call if the snow is sticking. <laughs> we're going to pass a new rule. We're going to be we have to we have to raise the bar a little bit. Otherwise, it's just going to be this be no thing. calls at all. No, I'm. Well, I'm just saying. It, right now, it, it does us no good uh, to, to have these uh, the snow because then it's, if it's not, it doesn't stay. There's no point. I mean, so only now call us if the snow is sticking where you are. All right, let's do one more, then we'll break. Well, this isn't very nice. A federal agency recommends killing as many as 30 sea lions a year at Bonneville Dam in the Columbia River. Why are you gather- reading these stories today? I don't know. They're all in the news. Uh, this is where they gather each year to eat migrating spring chinook salmon. The recommendation comes from the NOAA Marine Fisheries. It's one of four options, ranging from no action at all. I'd vote for that one because they're eating what they're supposed to eat. 
I mean, why should we save fish for ourselves when we can't even let these sea lions eat them? But that's what the government does when they step in. They want us to kill sea lions. Let me just try it. Social commentary with Tim Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) That really is what sets this station apart, Tim. All right. Uh, I'm going to do this. I'll play us into the break here with something. And then we'll come back with more of Tim Riley, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Uh, Later on, we'll give away a copy of this terrible new Jessica Alba film. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We'll talk to uh, Timmy Ryan, uh, Snuff Watch still to come, and so forth. Uh, All right. I'll just. This is the thing I was referring to earlier. We'll be back after this on the Rick Emerson Show. of the Russian home that was hit by the warhead. Diana says if it was a dacha, it was probably made by the, by the owner who scrounged the wooden supplies from outlying areas. That would explain the low cost of the home. As for the missile, here's an unnerving statement. Since peace was declared, the quality of Russian warheads has plummeted. Fantastic. 503-733-2970. I don't know about that. If there's one thing Russians can do, it's kill people. <laughs> it really is their only strength. <laughs> no, I mean, look, everybody's... their gross national product. <laughs> if you looked at the pie chart, like 3% is vodka, 2% is, uh, like, uh, the bad, uh, like, l- low-quality crops, and then the rest of them is killing. But it's a shipping us to a Siberia, <laughs> if you get them before they go. <laughs> it's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from the National Enquirer, Dorothy Carcassera. Hello, how are you? Hi, good. How are you guys? I am dandy. Life we're holding is... our copies of the Enquirer. We're very happy. You know, life is good because I have Yay. the new Enquirer in my hand. So thank you for giving us, as the young people say, the hookup with that. This, um, While I'm thinking about it, this new issue hit stands tomorrow, yes? Yes. And the cover of this, we, I, I feel like one of the beautiful people now. I have the copy of the Enquirer before anyone else can see it. <laughs> you're you're very privileged. Uh, you have a sneak you have a sneak peek, and now all your listeners will have one as well. It just uh, and let me just say this: I do love the National Enquirer, and I mean that sincerely. I have to say, you guys really have a knack. There's there's a couple of things niches that you guys have just hemmed in that are just that belong to you. One is just snapping the absolute worst photograph that can be taken of anybody. I'm looking at the front of of this uh of this, this week's Enquirer where Kirstie Alley goes berserk. Meltdown over her weight, it says. And really, it, it, this photograph makes it look like she is just one step away from having Boba Fett hauled away in a block of carbonite. Do you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> really, honestly, it's just... And then right next to it is Suzanne Plachette's uh, final days where she says she can't go on. And this is the really great, terrible part. When there's a photograph of her and then it's labeled the final photo, which is especially amusing and or horrifying when you consider that she's not dead yet. So... Well, well, we do definitely have good photographers working for us. That's for sure. That is true. Aren't you? Aren't you glad you're not a celebrity and uh, the National Enquirer photographers aren't following you around? I suppose. I'm just wondering. I'm just picturing Suzanne Plachette just sort of puttering around the house, you know, making herself a cup of tea and then being handed what she's told is the final <laughs> photograph of her, <laughs> which is which is really wonderful. Um, all right. Well, in any event, okay. So there's a couple of things to ask you about, and we just kind of during the break we we went around the room here. Um, as far as uh, 
uh, what the Inquirer sort of is working on, what they've got this week. Now, Brittany continues to be big news for you guys. Um, in, in oh, the, my gosh. Brittany, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was, no, I was no, going to no, say, you, you know, you go ahead. I'll, I'll just second to say Brittany and throw it out there, uh, Dorothy. Okay. You can run with it. Brittany, 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 what are we going to do with this, with this poor girl? Uh, this week, our story is, is extremely interesting about how Kevin Federline is – Starting, you know, we, we all feel very scared by the way that Brittany's acting. But Kevin Sutherland especially is feeling very scared because he's afraid that she might kidnap the children now that she's been stripped of any visitation rights. I mean, you know she lost these visitation rights on her on her own fault. I right. mean, all she had to do was, you know, show up to these hearings and she wants to spend more time at Starbucks. So, so it's, it's a shame, but it is kind of something that she has brought upon herself. And now in this week's issue, we're finding out that K-Fed has beefed up security and that he's actually thinking about moving from his Tarzana, California home to a more secure, undisclosed location because at this point, Brittany's capable of anything. Let's just be honest. Is he trying to move to a Brittany-proof compound? It seems that that is what he's trying to do for certain. He doesn't really trust her to, you know, be with the kids, and he doesn't really trust that she'll that she'll stay away with them because, obviously, we all know that this this is probably deep down really devastating to her that she hasn't been able to see the kids. But then again, she is on her own plane in some kind of crazy world that we'll never understand, and and maybe this is something that's not even affecting her. Uh, here's an interesting theory that somebody floated. Uh, we actually had two different theories floated yesterday about Jamie Lynn Spears. One was uh, because there was this story that was was out for a couple minutes yesterday, and then it was like retracted by everybody. Where Jamie Lynn had allegedly been rushed to the hospital or whatever, and uh, that does float the idea of are they maybe doing a test balloon to see how the media would react to her having quote a miscarriage, or is uh, are they using maybe Jamie Lynn in some as some sort of human shield to try to get the spotlight off Britney? I mean, do you know if the Spears family's doing anything like that? Well, I can't say for certain, but I can say that, you know, that's a very interesting uh, idea, you know, that, that you're presenting. And certainly that could be some kind of a PR type of a stunt. Um, you know, she she could have, in fact, actually, you know, something might have happened yesterday with, with a doctor or something. And, you know, little whispers got out and then there were denials and that type of thing. Uh, you know, you, whenever news breaks, you you kind of, you know, everyone's so quick. To, to jump on it because obviously you know there's there's so much of a need to get breaking news out right away but at the same time you know sometimes there are leads that initially don't really turn out to be the real deal so that's what that might have been um, but, but it's, it's interesting because it did for for just a split second take the spotlight off of Brittany uh, and also on the we've been tracking the implosion of Dr. Phil and I want to go on record oh, by the way gosh. saying I've loathed Dr. Phil for a long time I am not I am not jumping on the anti-Phil bandwagon I've hated him for many 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 years now um, so this, first of all somebody told us that he wasn't actually even licensed to practice psychology. And now Oprah, who and there's nobody more image conscious than Oprah. That's a woman, and I really do respect uh, her. I mean, to the nth degree. I mean, Oprah's a fantastic broadcaster, great businesswoman. She must know when to cut her losses because it looks like she's given Dr. Phil the boot. Uh, yeah, she's she's definitely done with Dr. Phil. I mean, he basically swooped into this whole Britney situation, and I, I don't know if the Spears family thought he was doing a good deed or if he thought he was doing a good deed, but whatever it was. It was disastrous, and especially the fact that he doesn't even have a license to practice. I mean, that's that's really uh, – it just kind of makes you scratch your head, like, 
didn't the Spears family do their homework? The interesting thing about Dr. Phil going to do this intervention with Brittany is that it had the complete opposite effect. It made Brittany totally just despise her parents. In fact, in this week's issue, we have a source telling us that after Brittany left the hospital, she was screaming at her father saying, I can't believe that you brought Dr. Phil into this. Um, tell, you know, I, I tell him that he, you know, I'm not going to use all the words because I know you guys have a, a PG-rated show, but uh, tell that, you know, effing Dr. Phil, he needs to go F himself. Excellent. Fantastic. You know, and the great thing about Brittany uh, versus Dr. Phil is whoever loses there, we win because I uh, I really don't even know who to vote for. So it's like a cage match where you hope they just kind of both go down for the count. Um, it, <laughs> finally, Jordan, I, I, and I thank you for, for spending some time with us today. This is, before we go, somebody, we had a listener who wanted to know, a couple issues back, uh, the Inquirer was running this uh, w the story about uh, what was purported to be John Edwards having a love child with somebody. And oh, yeah. I didn't know if there was any follow-up on that. Is there anything else that's been come out about that? Here's what I can tell you. This is a, a very, very serious, in-depth investigation that we are, you know, definitely still pursuing. And it's... it's um, it's interesting to hear that somebody was asking about that because uh, this this is a really big story and and we'll see it's just going to get bigger. All right, excellent. Thank you so much. See, that's that was the greatest you're, answer you're, ever. You're the best answer ever. You are a pro, uh, my friend. So well done. All right, the new issue hit stands tomorrow. Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Thank you so much. You have a great day. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. You too. Thank you, Dorothy. There you go. Wonderful, fantastic, excellent, and uh, everything. Richie, want to... Like, every page I turn, all of a sudden I'll see something I didn't see before. You know, uh, the people can poke fun all they want. I love I love the National Enquirer and have for quite some time. All right. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. That's uh, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Brit's photog beau chased Angelina first. So he was stalking Angelina Jolie, and after she didn't respond, he zeroed in on Brittany. Wonderful. Hey, Richie, can you um, I see, should you double check, make sure that, um, I don't know if she's still on the line or whatever. Is Richie smoking? I think Richie's out back smoking. Just staring at the line. Well, let's pick no, up I think, again. And I, no, I think she may actually. I think she's probably gone. That's why I'm looking. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Brittany, the images of Brittany and her new pal, pal Adnan shopping for pregnancy tests at a pharmacy. It's all a joke. They're just messing with the paparazzi, uh -huh. says A. Spears Confidant. In the meantime, uh, let's see if I do have Sam Lupti, who called one of Ryan Seacrest's programs this morning. And uh, here he is on that program. Greetings, programs. How we're talking here today? Yep. Can you just ex tell me why Brittany was shopping for the pregnancy test? I don't even know what the hell that was, actually. Well, did she think she was pregnant? No, 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 no. That honestly was not it. I think so she it was, was, was she getting that for you or Chad? Uh, I think it was probably for Chad. Where's the box? Where's the EPT test it's now? It's not here. I don't, even know. I don't even know if they actually even bought one. I think they were just around. So you don't even know if they walked out with one? No. All right, I well. I think they snagged that picture. Well, okay. Is she okay this morning? Oh, hold on. She, she, that, why are you taking a shower right now? You're naked. Okay, here. Where are you? Hold on, I'm walking. I've just busted in a room. Oh, you are. Say hi. Say hi. Hi, get out, I'm naked, get out. <laughs> Here, say. She's serious. Why are you taking a shower right now? Because I think. Okay. Because why? Because she stinks because she's a human being. That's why. 
asking, she's politely asking you to get out of the bathroom so she can shower. Okay, Sam. Now people are worried about Brittany. What should we tell them? Um, she's 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 everything's fine. Everything's back on track. She's she's handling it. Well, he's a really smooth liar. Why she would be buying a pregnancy test, considering she's going through the custody battle? She doesn't want to have another kid right now, does she? No, 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 not at all. Okay. All right, well, if, if you get her and she wants to chat about anything, let me know. If there's anything she wants to say or get out there, let me know. When will she see the kids again? Uh, hopefully very soon. Sam, one <laughs> thing. Well, what are the most recent... Who is ones? this guy? This is um, Sam Lucky. She's got some, some appointments, some doctor meetings, you know, that she's got to handle. Sammy, what about Adna? What about the stories that uh, she wanted to marry him? No, that's not true. Okay. All right, well, listen, we're going to uh, try you guys back and see if she wants to come on there in a little bit. Thanks, Sam. That was it. <laughs> All right, there you go. Ryan Seacrest, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Bland. Uh, this guy says, about a Britney-proof compound, really all you need is a moat filled with soap and water. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, well done, sir. All right. Uh, hey, Richie, by the way. When are we having Jimmy Ryan in? Uh, probably next hour. Richie, are you on the, uh, tell me, are you in the room? Just flash. I know this sounds... Flash me on the screen if you're in the room. I don't know where Richie went. Richie seems to be gone. Maybe without having a cigarette. Isn't that what most people do here? Well, I was going to do... We're going to do a... Uh, well, I guess I'll have to do it old school. I have to do it myself. Uh, okay, we're going to take a, a caller... Well, don't call yet. Because, you know, I'm going to do this thing where you fill in the blank in the Inquirer story. Oh. Uh, we got a copy of oh, this... Oh, that's a, uh, the one you picked is a good one, too. Uh, we have a copy... A good one? Really? Did uh -huh. you say that? Okay, we have a copy of The Ten on DVD featuring... <clears throat> Sorry. What? I'm giving away a copy of The Ten. The Ten. On DVD. I'm reading now the copy that comes with these DVDs we're giving away. If Rush Hour 3 wasn't quite enough for you. We're giving away a copy... Don't call yet. We're giving away a copy of The Ten on DVD featuring ten... Laugh Out Loud stories. <laughs> Lull... That reinterpret and reinvent the Ten Commandments. What? With an all-star cast including... Are you serious? Yes, yes I am. With an all-star cast including Paul Rudd, Winona Ryder, Jessica Alba, and more. It's on sale now from... With Paul Rudd and Winona Ryder win that? And Jessica Alba. About the Ten yeah. Commandments? Yes. Jessica Alba makes mm. that Does movie. that include Will Yames as Bible Man? No. And more. It's on sale now from City Lights Home Entertainment. In case you missed it in the theaters. The Ten on DVD with ten laugh-out-loud stories that reinterpret and reinvent the Ten Commandments on sale now from City Lights Home Entertainment. Um, all right. So here's what we're going to do. Richie, if you're back, if not, everybody will have to, will have to just I'll screen these myself. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, we're going to take call at five, but you must correctly answer this. You must correctly answer this. And you have to be on your honor here that you're, that you know, that you, you know, that you're not like, like Googling it or something. About what celebrity... Does the National Enquirer say in their upcoming issue, which it stands tomorrow, which I have in my hand now, yes. about what celebrity does the National Enquirer say this, quote, he's got a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts, end quote. About what celebrity does the, does the Enquirer say he's got a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts? Uh, we'll take caller five, and if you can correctly identify that celebrity, and we'll actually we'll take like five, six, and seven. So if five doesn't get it, we'll kind of move on. We'll do five, six, and seven at five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Five zero three seven three three two 
970. And uh, if you answer that correctly, you'll, quote, win, end quote, a copy of the 10 on DVD. It's 503-733-2970. In the meantime, Tim Riley has some more news for us. Well, uh, the Washington County deputies have corralled a saddle thief. A horse farrier working in western Washington County has been arrested and charged with stealing a saddle from one of the horse owners who hired him. Ty Allen Parks was arrested and accused of stealing from clients and friends. A horse farrier is a specialist on horse hoof care. That includes the trimming and balancing of a horse's hoof and to fit a horse with shoes. A stable owner who assisted in his capture said that Parks worked throughout western Oregon from the coast to Willamette Valley and beyond. He's pretty much been all over the place. Uh, so apparently they found uh, numerous stolen items in his home. They believe that many of these are worth more than $10,000. Uh, Mike Huckabee now directly equates homosexuality with bestiality. What? All right, hold on. Should this be a religious nutcase watch yes. or, a hick, or a hick watch? Uh, oh. Either. Uh, Sarah, you pick. Either religious nutcase or hick. You just you decide which one you want to roll there. Oh. I have a feeling some bad stuff is about to go down. Don't well, this go. is neither. I know. That, was that just doesn't make any sense. Hold on. You, <laughs> you I'm insinuating that I didn't want him to be around. Ah. I That's don't know. What am Sarah I... Dillon who said that. We need a long life. Best of health. And you know he's just begging for his children to turn out gay with this kind of talk. That's uh-huh. what happens. Uh, Huckabee uh, directly equates homosexuality with bestiality, especially now. In an interview with BeliefNetwork.com, a religious website, Huckabee has just clarified his view that the Constitution should be amended and brought in line with God's will, and he directly equates homosexuality with bestiality. Huck, in elaborating on his views that the Constitution should be subjected to the biblical standards, has just wrapped up a discussion of the fact that marriage is meant for a man and a woman in relationship for life. With this context firmly established, uh, he was asked, Is it your goal to bring the Constitution in strict conformity with the Bible? Some people will consider that kind of a dangerous undertaking. And he answers, Well, I don't think it's a radical view to say that we're going to reaffirm marriage. I think the radical view is saying that we're going to change the definition of marriage so it can mean two men, two women, a man and three women, a man and a child, and a man with an animal. <laughs> That's that is by a the way manimal. that manimal. Well done. That is uh, that is a uniquely and I'm not going to say it's all Republicans, but that is a uniquely nutcase Republican uh, thing they do there, where they start with stuff that. I'm not going to say everybody, but stuff that I think a vast majority of us here in this free-thinking republic would actually be fine with. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. It pains me that I even have to say it, and I don't have to say it. But for the record, I really don't care who. You know, five, three, three, three men on a horse and two women and a cow. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I, I cannot. Don't, it, it cannot mean two men, two women, a man and three women, a man and a child, or a man or an animal. I don't an animal. care. I don't care. And, you know, and people, and I know that the audience is with us on this, because as we've noted a few times, every time they do one of those uh, documentaries about polyamorous lifestyles, they always, like, three-quarters of the couples are always from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, I think uh, probably, well, never mind. But the latest no, poll I show, just, you know, the latest yeah. poll show, McCain is still ahead of Huckabee, so he has to do something in the South. McCain, 28%, Huckabee, 20. McCain, 33%, Huckabee, 23. McCain, 27%, Huckabee, 25. I mean, so McCain is still ahead. Really, there are, people, up on gays. there are people who just ought to be forcibly incarcerated somewhere until they are no longer crazy. 
You know what I mean? I mean, well, that would be anyone below the Mason Dixon <laughs> line, really. I mean, uh, I don't even have the energy to get, you know, like exercised about it. I mean, for the love of Christ, Jesus. All right. Well, anyway, they're going to find at some point, though, I'm telling you, they're, they're going to have scientific evidence at some point that, like, the more you just spew a bunch of homophobic gibberish, it puts some weird enzyme into the air, and that's going to actually it's going to turn your children gay, because that's what always happens. You find these guys who just get up on some stump, and they start railing about the Word of God and about godless sodomites, and then, you know, and then a few years later, you've got, uh, you've got Mary Cheney. So, you know, in your face, Mike Huckabee. So there. The dick. All right, there you go. Here's, uh, there's you. Thank you. Jesus. We've got to, oh, by the way, who wants to guess what the total box office, apparently the Ten, which is a laugh-out-loud uh, story that reinterprets and reinvents the Ten Commandments with Winona Ryder. Um, I wonder if she's in Sounds the Thou Shalt. <laughs> I wonder if she's in the Thou Shalt Not Steal one. Um, uh, apparently it was released in the theaters here. Who wants to guess what the entire U.S. box office total was for this movie? 49000 Well, no, you're, you're too low, to be fair. Tim? Oh, 55000 Well, no, it was less than a million, though. Seven hundred and sixty-six thousand four hundred and eighty-seven dollars. How many people have to throw their money around? <laughs> they do. Do you realize that Chipmunks movie has made a hundred and seventy-six million dollars? People are stupid. Mm. You know that's. Uh, I was just going to say, if you were to over, if you were to take that Chipmunks movie audience and then the Mike Huckabee uh, demographic, put them both together, <laughs> it was like a group of. That is a couple of circles that overlay exactly. Man and Chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of strange, actually. You know, David Seville does dress up the chipmunks in clothing like small children and does seem to spend an inordinate amount of time with them mm. in violation of God's law. Um, all right, which, what, what, uh, let's do uh, caller uh, five here. Uh, hello. Hi, who's this? Hello, Rick. Mike Taylor. Hi, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good. All right. Uh, well, here's a, you're going to do even gooder if you win this. This is a copy of The Ten on DVD featuring ten laugh-out-loud stories that reinterpret the Ten Commandments. With an all-star cast, including Paul Rudd, Winona Ryder, Jessica Alba, and more, it's on sale now from City Lights Home Entertainment. If you can tell me about whom this sentence was written in tomorrow's issue of the National Enquirer, quote, he's got a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts. Rick, I'm, I'm going to go with Hollywood jerk, that little pig, Alec Baldwin. Oh. <laughs> no, no, but good guess. No, but thank you. If, if you had said that about his brother Daniel, you'd be right. Okay, thank you, sir. Goodbye. You are a thoughtless pig. Uh, no, it was. it's actually not any of the bald ones. Uh, we'll do a couple more of these. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who's this? This is Eric from that 20-acre fish farm. Okay. Uh, do you know about whom the National Enquirer says this tomorrow? He's got a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts. Probably Jack Nicholson. No. See, and again, it's probably true, but that's not the celebrity in question. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. We'll do two more here, and then we'll call Should, we, should you give, like, a little more of a hint, like, perhaps the profession of said person? Well, I can't give a hint now. Yeah, it's true. I can do a hint. If we do it again, like, later in the hour or tomorrow, I can give a hint. I can't give a hint. It wouldn't be fair. Uh, all right. Hello. Who's this? Kevin. Kevin? All right, Kevin. Uh, you'll win a copy of blah, 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 laugh out loud. Uh, if you can tell me this, about whom the National Enquirer says this in tomorrow's issue, he's got a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts. Uh, OJ. No, no, again, probably accurate, not the celebrity in question. Thank you. Bye now. All right, one more. 
Uh, hi there. Who's this? This is Lila. Hi, Lila. How are you? Good. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, about whom did the National Enquirer say this? He's got a double chin, a pot belly, and droopy man breasts. Val Kilmer. <laughs> okay. First of all, how sad it is for all these celebrities that they're immediately leaping into the tops of people's minds when you say droopy man breasts. But I say that, and somehow you've got this Pavlovian thing where immediately Val Kilmer comes into your head. How sad is that for Val Kilmer and for all of us? He was Doc Holliday. Uh, no. No, sadly, that is not the correct answer. But uh, thank you, Lila. You're welcome. All right. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll uh, maybe try that again next hour. All right. Uh, let's do one more here with Tim Riley, and then I'll do the Glorious Bastard of the Week, and uh, we'll take a break. Well, a Berlin, Germany burglar's break-in took an unexpected turn when he stumbled upon a corpse and felt compelled to call the police. He called his aide, just broke into the flat, and found a dead body. He gave the address and then hung up. Police discovered the body of a 64-year-old resident flat dead in his bedroom. He passed away two weeks ago. They are not treating the death as suspicious. The burglar has not been heard from since. Oh, okay, excellent. I'm sorry, I was just reading this email that suggested we make a huck watch. Wah, wah. Uh, oh, we haven't heard the last of him. No. Did you see Aaron's sign idea? No. Oh, let's see. Aaron says, he, Aaron says, uh, first, as long as all parties involved are adults and willing, I don't care who you effing marry. Arg. And then he says, is it too late to create a, I, oh, it's too, I wish I could say this. I know. I have to abbreviate it. Is it too late to create a F the Huck sign and walk in front of the Mike Huckabee campaign headquarters? Also, you know he has one in Oregon. You guys should totally get his Oregon rep on the air for an interview. I just don't. I, it might just be bad. I just don't even have the energy. You know, it's just I don't. I just don't. Waiting just knee deep into a tar pit of rednecks is just. I, I just. I have better things to do with my time. Uh, all right. Uh, well, let me do this, uh, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back next hour. More of Tim Riley, plus Timmy Ryan, um, plus yeah, I've got this, and then. Um, I was doing something else next hour, but I forget what it was. Oh, I haven't answered. I have this question about whether I have this thing I want to do, but I think it might be illegal. So we'll. And so always the best idea is to ask the audience their well, take on that. Well, let's do it first. Just then find out. <laughs> Will I be incarcerated for this thing I just did? Greetings and salutations, Kyle Bradfield. You are being addressed at this moment because you, yes, you, have been selected as the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Week with all the rights and privileges that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you'll receive a bountiful cornucopia of swag from the AM970 pile of crap, including Jackass 2.5 plus... The Ten on DVD, featuring ten laugh-out-loud stories that reinterpret and reinvent the Ten Commandments with an all-star cast including Paul Rudd, Winona Ryder, Jessica Alba, and more. It's on sale now from City Lights Home Entertainment. As well as the wonderful knowledge that, for at least this one week, you are just a little bit better than everyone else. Enjoy your newly elevated status and don't hesitate to lord it over the less fortunate. That's why they are there. Thank you for listening, Kyle Bradfield. You are the Glorious Bastard of the Week. Sign up to become a Glorious Bastard at 970.am. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. All right, it's 503-733-2970. It's the... Emerson Radio program. Thank you for coming by. Uh, let's see. Don't forget, tomorrow, Scott Daly joins us with his review of Cloverfield. Uh, so be listening for that. Hey, have you noticed they replaced... Have they replaced the hand soap things in the women's bathroom? No, they're the same. 
See, now we not only have motion-sensitive towel dispensers, we have a motion-sensing soap dispenser in the men's room. You don't have that? Oh, no. That sucks. Why do you get the old... Why do you... Because no, we have, we have the foamy one. Yeah, but this one... But I mean, but you have to press it? Yeah. I'll see. Now they've given us this... Oh, man. God damn it. They... Uh, Look, you know, I like science and technology and advancement of the world of tomorrow today and all of that stuff, but it, it blows. I mean, it just blows chunks because you, first of all, I like to determine how much soap I'm going to get. I know that this sounds like I'm whining about something really small. You don't want really the soap small. dispenser to determine it for you. Exactly. I don't want the man to tell me how much soap I get. Um, it, really, honestly, it, because it gives out just, it gives out a pittance of soap, first of all. Everybody has an amount of soap and an amount of towels that they use. It's not bad enough now that I have to, I realize this is just like the lamest complaint ever, that you have to wave your hand in front of the paper towel dispenser like nine times to get a sufficient amount of towels to wipe your hands dry. Because otherwise, you leave the bathroom and your hands are still damp from the water, and then you got to wipe them on your jeans or whatever. You know what's inevitable is that, um... The water thing, they're going to have the that toilet little... paper dispenser. Oh, totally. What if they pick out, like the right amount of size for you. Jesus. Okay, while we're on the subject of the toilet paper dispenser, can I can I convince you about that for just a second? I'll work. Do they have one? Oh, I'm going to work my way to the toilet paper dispenser in just a second because I got to complain about that as well. Happy? Yes. No. Uh so in the men's bathroom, we now we have the the the, 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 the motion sensing paper towel. I'm getting all worked up about the, the motion sensing paper towel dispenser. You got to wave your hand in front of it. It spits out the towels, and it is like adjustable. They can decide how much paper towel it gives you for every time you wave your hand in front of it. For example, uh, I think it's at my father's place now. They put the same thing in, but you know what? It gives you a lot of towels. They know you need to, you know, dry off. Here, it gives you like, I don't know, six inches of paper towel. Bunch of crap. Uh, so, like, that wasn't bad enough. Now, in both the unisex bathroom and in the men's bathroom, there is an automated foam soap dispenser. Doesn't have a handle. Doesn't have a knob. Doesn't have a lever. Doesn't have a thing you can I've push. I've never even seen one of you those. You wave your. I, I'm almost you know, tempted to like used, take you into the men's room right now on like a guided tour and show that. Well. So maybe they replaced it yesterday. Again, really, I, I know this sounds weird, but I'm almost tempted to take you to the men's room right now and show it to you so you can understand my frustration. Hey, speaking of which, have you been to the women's room upstairs? Uh, like twice. Is it true you have a sofa up there? Yeah, there's like a, it's like all like light pink and comfortable. And there's why do you get a, why do you like get a, a sitting sofa? room? Why do you get a sofa in the women's I room? I don't know. I don't get it anyway. I'm stuck down here with all you people. I'm just you people. I'm just saying. All right. I, no, it's them. They get the sofa. I don't. I get. Yeah, there's no sofa in the men's room. Upstairs. A dirty, cold bathroom down here. All right, well, whatever. Uh, so, uh, but in the bathroom here, you go in and the soap dispenser. It gives out this, this sort of, you know, this foamy sort of hand soap. But you got to wave your hand underneath it. And the mo- But here's the here's the flaw in the design. The sensor is on the front. The soap comes out the bottom. So you wave your hand in front of the front to trigger the soap, but then you can never quite catch it. Like, you kind of catch them on the, your fingertips as it falls by your hand. So it actually is a two-hand job. It's a two-hand job. <laughs> oh, is it? It is. It's a job that requires two hands. It really is true. It's a two-hand job. You now have to wave your hand in front of it with the other hand underneath to catch the soap. Oh, I it's see. It's just completely front. And here's the other thing. Well, because you have to have the other hand underneath. And it doesn't give it. you enough soap. I mean, look, the, the amount of soap it gives you, you turn on the tap, you scrub your hands, it's not even enough to lather your hands up. So That's really frustrating. And you have to wait that certain amount of time you, until you can to do the sensor again, like it won't, 15 seconds. Yeah, so it won't just let you wave your hand in front of it again. You have to sit there, one hand underneath, the other hand, eh, uh, wait, eh, uh, wait. Are you summoning Richie? No, it's just going to remind him. Oh. oh, is Richie bringing... Oh, my gosh. Richie's bringing you your food. Don't you ever feel bad about that? No. Okay. I can't go anywhere. Sure. All right. Thank you. 
Anyway, so the, the, the soap thing is... I Richie if he couldn't leave. The soap thing is pissing me off. That's all I'm going to say. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, what's up? Hey. Um, so I wanted to share a radio dream I had last night. All right. Do you work in radio, sir? I do not. But that makes it even more interesting. Go ahead. Yeah, this is entirely because of your show. All right, then. All right, so um, for some reason, I was hosting the Rick Emerson Show. I have no idea where you were, where everyone was, but I was hosting it. And so, um, of course, I left it to the last minute to actually prepare. Sure. Um, but uh, I got enough to uh, to be ready, I thought, to at least wing it a bit. Wait, hold on. So in the dream, so in the dream, you were hosting the show. Yes. Okay, and, and so this was in Portland. Yes. Okay. All right. And so um, at eleven o'clock, I sat down to the desk. There were like two computers there. So you sat uh, down in the studio. Um, well, kind of. In, I mean, in your in your version of what the studio is. Yeah. Okay. And I figured out that I had no clue how to do anything. I didn't know if we were broadcasting. I didn't know where the microphone plugged into, where the headphones plugged into. I had no idea what was going on. That's pretty fascinating, actually, because that that kind and that is a radio dream. That kind of dream happens to people in radio all the time. I just had one the other night, honestly, where we had somebody in and they swore four times in a row and the dump was gone. Yeah. It was so freaky and like they kept all this profanity. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's something I can do. For some reason, yeah. I couldn't figure out how to turn off their microphone. Totally, yeah. That's it's always in radio where you know you're supposed to be doing something, but either you can't remember how to do it, or uh, you know how to do it, but the thing just doesn't work. Like I have that dream all the time where the phones are ringing, but I press them and like they won't pick up. That's yeah. completely free. Now, uh, so you realize that you couldn't do anything, and is that when you woke up? Was there more to the dream? Oh no, there's more. Um, it took like half an hour during which AM 970 was broadcast in silence. Oh, oh. And then someone wandered by and like, oh, yeah, this little tiny thing right here is um, what you have to flip on. Like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Excellent. That's wonderful. Did that you, is a real radio Did thing. you wake up feeling kind of freaked out? Um, a little bit. I wasn't as, like, concerned as I think I probably should have been. Well, yeah, or, you know, I mean, because it is not, because it's not your your profession, but it's still kind of freaky, though. So yeah, now let me ask yeah. you this. Having had that dream did the show seem sort of weird when you turned on to listen to the show next? Um, well... Do you know, like, if you dream about somebody, like, okay, full disclosure, I had this weird dream the other day in which Dennis Pitsenbarger played a role. I didn't remember what he was. He was just there for some reason. And then you come to work, and, like, you see Dennis, and it's sort of weird, like, it kind of screws with you a little bit, like, if you see somebody in real life that you just had a dream about. Was it that way when you listened to the show? Uh, no. All right. Sorry. Okay. Well, thank you. It's a great dream, though. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks right. for thanks for inspiring it in me. It's what we do. Thank you. This guy says, phrase of the day is Rick Emerson saying, I'm really tempted to take you into the men's room and show it to you so you can understand my frustration. <laughs> See, I think that you peaked with uh, getting soap is always a two-hand two job. It is. Well, no, because you, it's not a thing you can do with, with one hand. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, uh, Rick, I called yesterday about with uh, Pussman to waste 30 seconds. But yeah. I'm a custodian at an elementary school. Yeah. And they we just got all those motion-activated soap dispensers. Mm -hmm. So I have about 100 of them in my school. And then, of course, when you go to clean the sink and you rub, wipe a sponge over the sink, it squirts soap right where you wipe. Of course, exactly. That's the other thing is it doesn't put out as much soap as I need when I wave my hand in front of it. But every time I do some kind of innocuous motion, it spits paper towels and soap everywhere. And, of course, 600, you know, third graders think that's the neatest thing in the whole wide world. Oh, of course. Oh, absolutely. And they, and they take three C batteries. Three C batteries. Yeah, the worst batteries in the world. And then when, yeah, when they're going to 
go dead, they're all going to go dead on the same day. So I'm going to have to go around with like 6,000 C batteries replacing <laughs> batteries on it. Oh, damn. Oh, that <laughs> sucks to be you. Oh, my well, God. Well, man, I'll tell on you. I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about that. I never, You know what? It never occurred to me. How those paper towel and soap dispensers operate, it never, I never even thought about it. But you're right, they all must, the paper towel dispensers must have batteries too. Yeah, and uh, those uh, little push ones that they work just fine and won't cost the school district $6,000 a month or whatever they're paying for C batteries. Because it must, it must be at least a wash, so to speak, or they're losing money. I never thought about that because, because it seems to me that they put in those paper towel, the automatic towel and soap dispensers to, quote, save money because then it determines how much soap and paper you get. But you're right, they're having to pay for the batteries, and those probably go dead once a month. Yeah. Oh, that is a bunch I, I, of crap. I'm looking forward to the day that, you know, 600 dispensers all go out on the same day. Oh, I, I preemptively feel bad for you, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> I uh, appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. All right. And if I can end it. Okay. We'll get Tim Ryan here in just a second. I, I was going to tell you my other half of it, but I... Yeah, let's, just, let's not. I'm just going to say this real briefly. In the unisex bathroom, there are, in the toilet paper dispenser, there's the roll on the bottom, the roll on the top, Right. You know, there's like the roll that's up up under the shell, the reserve roll, and then there's the roll currently being used. Can we please, for the love I understand again. In fact, no, I take it back. I don't understand it. Can we please just design those so when the lower roll is empty, the reserve roll comes down, slots into there. Because I went, and to be honest, actually, I, I you know, it was like there was some, you know, left. But you, whoever used that next was going to be using up the, the last of the bottom roll. It was going to be done. And you can't, like, the top roll doesn't slot down there. When the, when the bottom one is empty. And it's, you have to have that little janitor key to open it up. So somebody might have gone in there, started some business, no toilet paper. And then what's frustrating is the brand new replacement roll, but it's still lodged up inside the dispenser where you can't get at it. You have to wait till tonight for the janitor to come through. Fury. I suppose. Okay. Uh, Richie, can we uh, can we bring Timmy hear... Ryan to the, uh, to the studio? I want to hear about Timmy Ryan's night with Reese Witherspoon. That would... Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I'll do these calls while we wait for Richie to bring in Timmy Ryan. Hello, sir. How you doing? Hey. Okay, you know how you were talking earlier because I have this job where I go to work and I shouldn't be on the phone, but I am? Yes. Well, actually, it doesn't matter if I'm on the phone. F it. Um, anywho. Excellent. How about you go home, take your coffee pot, freeze it, then put coffee in it and see if it cracks. Are you saying that I shouldn't use hot water on my windshield? I'm saying I've seen it. Don't use hot water on your windshield. Okay. Well, what kind of work do you do? I'm a mechanic. Okay. I was wondering if somebody was, like, doing some buffing or something in the background there. Yeah, we, you know, yeah. All right. Are you spreading the word about this program to your coworkers? Uh, I already got one guy hooked on it. Excellent. God bless you, sir. Okay. I will avoid hot water on my windshield until okay. I'm ready to get rid of the truck, and then I won't care anymore. Yeah, I was actually going to say, go ahead and try it on the Toyota. You know, maybe it'll distract <laughs> people from stealing it because, you know, they won't be able to see off the windshield. Excellent. They can pull the whole Ace Ventura thing. I like your style, sir. Thank you. Fantastic. Bye now. All right. Bye. There you go. All right. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll get to Timmy Ryan. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hey. Good afternoon. What's up? Hey. That fellow just say he dreamt he was hosting the Rick Emerson show. Uh, I do believe that was the uh, that was the context in which the dream was presented to us. Yes. Um, two words come to mind: tram accident. Okay, well, gotta go. Have a good day. See you. Bye. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that guy sounded like an evil, evil man. I just that didn't end up. That, that wasn't really. I don't think that had as much punch as he thought it was going to. Timmy Ryan, hello, sir. Chuck Norris is going to hunt that guy down and kill him. What kind of, what, what do you... No, we don't. 
We don't say Chuck Norris anymore. It's Chris Christopherson. Oh, Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson. Am I on now? Yes. So I, I was not on before, so my smart-ass comments were not heard. You do have headphones on. You're wearing them right now. I, yeah, I, I can't tell if I'm... Hold on. I can't tell if I'm on or not. Are they plugged in? Ah, there we go. I, I had to turn them up. Okay. There we go. So what was the question, Rick? I'm sorry. I, I don't know. I'm paying attention. How are you doing, Timmy Ryan? I'm doing great. All right. Uh, well, before we do anything else here, let's uh, let me let's welcome. Oh, Why does Richie need to be in here? Why not? I think it's the Timmy Ryan question. Why does Richie need to come in here right You're probably afraid right. of the, what I'm going to say. The Jimmy Ryan question right now is not uh, not why not, but why. Uh, no, it's not why, but why not. I want to know how things went with Plaid Pantry we, uh, Reese. All right, so uh, Richie oh. Bristol. Yes. So uh, Richie came in this morning and said uh, that he was getting, what was it, phone calls or text messages? What were you getting? Yeah, well, he sent a picture, too. Oh, God. Oh. Her in the morning. Oh. Oh. She's a looking wait, girl. Let me see. Oh, Hello. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You back up there. Hold on a second. Does this girl really work at Pad Pl- Okay, yeah. please. I want now. Don't lie to me. She's hot. Don't lie to me. Hmm. Look me in the eye. Tell me the truth. Is this a woman you rented last night? No. Ah, uh, you not. looked away. No. Have you ever been with a prostitute? No, of course not. No, you have. So you totally have. I would never. Do, I don't need. Lie to. better. No. I I don't believe in, buy, in purchasing sex, sir. Do you <laughs> buy girls drinks? Did you buy her dinner last night? Uh, did you uh-huh. pay for her way into the show? Did you give her booze? No, I got it for free. Did it. you give her alcohol? He's got glitter. No, we, no, I think we both bought each other some beer, and I bought a hummus plate. You bought her food? <laughs> bought a, a hummus plate. Well, no, plate. because we you all paid for that sex to me, Ryan. You know, it was her. Who said we had sex? We held... You held each other? You got glitter all over you. Okay, let's stop. <laughs> let's stop. Let's stop. All right, so let's stop. So, Richie, you started... When... Let's back up. Timmy Ryan, when yes. was you, when did you meet a plaid pantry girl? When did I? Oh, man, probably about a month and a half ago. No, but last night. Oh, when did I meet her? Oh, I picked her up. When? Oh, man. I'm using pretty basic words here. Probably, probably about <laughs> 7, 7 p.m. Okay. Yeah. Richie, when did you start getting calls slash texts slash pictures? Uh, before the show. Yeah, today. Okay. I, because I, I, I wanted to send, I wanted to send what did, Richie a picture. What did, they, what did they say, Richie? Uh, well, first he calls up and he has her on the phone. He's like... He had to prove it, I guess. This was something. this morning? Yeah. Was she in your bed, Timmy Ryan? She was giggling. Really? She was giggling. And he's got glitter all over him. Look. You uh, Come here. I want to see this glitter. Come. Come. Look at his neck. Ew, that means he hasn't bathed, Oh, Rick. dude. He's covered in he's glitter. It's like, it's like body glitter that girls put on or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? The Look in the back of his neck. He's totally got glitter on him. I don't know what. I, I don't know what. Did you not bathe? Pip glitter. Don't say that. You didn't that. shower? You didn't take a bath? You slept with a stranger last night and you didn't and shower? Didn't and you first off, first off, let me clarify what happened, okay? Can I get some music? <laughs> what no, no, music get, would... some, like, get some nice sweet. You have them like classical. Go ahead. So, first off, what do you think of the picture? You're looking girl? Okay, no. uh, now is this really the girl from Plaid Pantry and not a prostitute? Hold on. No, that's... <laughs> No, Tabby's totally not a prostitute. Tabby's awesome. Oh, what a compliment. She's totally not a prostitute. <laughs> no, All right, let me see the photo. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to get it back up again. Hold on. Let me get the photo, and then we'll have Sarah come and look at it. There you go. That's Tabby. Okay. Now, I have to say, if you didn't have sex with this girl, then you should be dead to us anyway, because she's hot. I mean, I think I didn't know. I don't think we knew what to expect, because she was like, you know, she's a plaid pantry girl, and... I'm not what saying are you people. To say? I'm not. You saying, worked at a Seven Eleven. I'm not saying people who work at the Plaid Pantry are unattractive as a rule. But we have seen some of the people who work there, like creepy mouth breather guy who okay. used to work. And there. And I'm saying, here's the thing. 
I'm not saying people who work at the plant pantry are unattractive. Yeah. What I'm saying is there are businesses where you know the people are always going to be attractive, like Starbucks. Yeah. Plant pantry. You're not guaranteed anything. It's Sarah, come luck check of the it out. draw. Let's okay, see what you come think. check this girl out, really, okay. honestly. I told you she kind of looks like Reese Witherspoon and Kirsten Dunst a little bit. Now, was this taken this morning? Yeah. Was this taken in your bedroom? Please be honest. Was this taken in well, your bedroom? Yeah, the picture was taken in the bedroom, correct. <laughs> All right, check this girl out. But that doesn't mean anything happened. Yeah, let's go to the room huh. and take a picture. What do you think? Mm. Oh, come on. Seriously. Uh. She always says uh, I give it. I give her a strong thumbs up. I need to relight it. Yeah, she has a bra? Button. No, she's in her shirt. That's her shirt? Yeah, she was, that's her shirt. Well, I mean, she that's, had, what, that's she what she wears had, out? She had, give, she had multiple layers of clothing on. But. At one point. <laughs> Does she have short hair or is it pulled back? Not uh, short it's, hair. It's, it's, no, it kind of goes back to her, uh, her neck. Uh. Yeah, but it's like a, but it's like a, yeah, it's like Meg Ryan hair. Right. It's not, you know, Rick Emerson short. But I it's give not her, Dillon, I no. give her a strong, uh, I give her a strong thumbs up in the looks department. Yeah, what do you think, Rich? Mm-hmm. Much better looking than I was expecting. I've, I've never, I and I have to say this, I've gone to that plaid pantry a thousand times in the last month. I've never seen her working there. Now, first off, okay. So I always get, I, I always got the creepy guy who is scratching himself oh, and God. sniffing his fingers. So first of all, I, I, I want to say that Tabby is an awesome girl. She's very unique, and I'm very glad that I met her. Something she's, can't she's be awesome. Okay. She's no, she's totally, she's totally effing cool. All right. I just want to point that out. Okay. Richie, when did you start getting uh, calls from Timmy Ryan this morning? Uh, this morning before the show. All right. What did they say? Was it well, first of all, was it a call or a text? Uh, first it was a call. Okay. What did it, what did he say? Uh, first he goes, hey, so I got somebody who wants to talk to you, and he puts her on the phone, and she was giggling, saying stuff, and I'm like, wait a minute, is this that chick? It's in the morning. What's she right. doing at your house? And then I, he, he went, got back on the phone and he said, oh, we read books all night. Yeah, put, put, put the music on and I'll tell you what happened. Oh, okay. Here we go. <clears throat> go ahead. So I picked her up in my brand new 1999 Chevy Cavalier that I bought to <laughs> Really? That is my car. Oh, that's right. I got the text me that you oh, carpet yeah. that yeah. does. A Chevy Cavalier. No, it's a, it's, wow. Richie, it's a pimp car. It's cool. You couldn't find a citation? No. And so we went out to, um, we went out, had a beer um, at like the Belmont Street Inn where we saw Adam, one third of the Pim Squad, he happened to be there. Did you tell oh, her? Oh, no, here's the thing. I almost, got in a fight. I almost got in a fight last night. Hold on. Does she know you're a member of the Pim Squad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, here's the thing. We're, we're at like the Belmont Street Inn and she's, her and I are playing pool and this guy gets it behind her and starts like effing with her pool stick. Like, right. Not once, not twice, but I think three times. And I just, you know, like... You I, had to let him know what well, was going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was kind of like, I just let... If he did it again, I was going to go kick some there were gonna, There's going to be fisticuffs. Right. And then there was this guy, this drunk punk rock guy. He's like, hey, can I put my quarters down and play her when you're done? And I kind of gave him this look. I'm like, dude, go the F away now. You gave him the hard, the hard stare. Yeah, I'm like, come on, just, you know, come on, have, have some class, have some common courtesy. All right, so... Says Timmy so Ryan, Ryan, have some class. Yeah. So... So her and I go Man. to the, her and I go to the tonic where we meet her friend Gary, who's a good pool player. <gasps> oh, you know what he was? He was a he, he was her like little wingman. No, no, because no, that's totally no, 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 no. I have to ask for the music. Can you drop the level of music? Or, yeah. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. No, look, that's just dude, her friend. Dude, she showed dude. up to see the show. She's how can you delude yourself? You are totally dude, deluding yourself. Listen to me now. Timmy. He showed up to see the show because here's there was a show at the tonic no. last night. Listen to me. Getting all worked up. Listen to me. There's no need to be defensive because clearly she went home with you. So fine, you know, whatever. That's you know, well done. I'm just saying. When you go, when you meet up with a girl, mm-hmm. and then you go somewhere, and oh hey look, well you know my friend Gary is here. No, Gary. Gone. Now listen, hold on. Gary is a guy who has been planted there in advance by her, 
in case things didn't work no, out. I'm going to tell you why. Things did work out. Stop. stop things stop. did work out. But Gary was there in case she got the creep vibe off of you, so he would then help her peel off of you by the end of the night. May I interject? Sarah? I have done this before for a friend who's gone out on a date with a guy who she's like, okay, it's kind of nice, where I will be at the same place but not acknowledge that I see her until it needs acknowledging. Until and then she, she gives you the determined. sign. She gives you the sign. I'm going until to tell you determined. why this is not the case, because right before we went to um, the, the bar hopping thing, we dropped his computer off at, you know, his house because she had his computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we were like, hey, come on out. You know, I'm totally cool. And was it your idea or was it her idea? I think it was her idea, but yeah. hold on. But we just play pool. Okay, so anyway, we go to the tonic. We uh-huh. saw a band that, and there's like nobody there. What um, was the band? Um, I don't even remember the names. Um, they, they were okay. They weren't, they weren't bad. Uh, Gary left and then her and I went to, like I think, another bar. And then... Um, what bar did you go to? I forgot where we went after that. <laughs> Where did we go? I, I forgot. Did you go to a strip club? No, of course, of course not. Sarah, was she Jeez, wearing? Ryan, come on. Was come she on, wearing Sarah. that glitter last night? I don't, I don't. Well, yeah, she's, she's not she, a stripper. She, she had body glitter, on. and she's not well, a stripper. Body glitter on what parts of her body? Well, I was like all over her arms and chest. I think she put a little. She said she put a little bit too much on last night. Uh-huh. She told me that. You're t- okay, and to the best of your knowledge, is she a stripper when she's no, not a five? No, no, of course not. No, I'm she, just saying body no, glitter actually, implies, you know. She's a music promoter. Yeah, she does like music. Does she really want to direct? Uh, she's calling. Direct what? Now. Is she <laughs> calling? Is that her? Oh, that's her. Let's read it. What does it say? <laughs> it says they are full of s. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Okay, so, uh, so whose so, idea... How, okay, A, and then B, you should never tell her to listen to the show. That's just techie. She knew, so she weird. knew, no, she knew what I did. I mean, she knew that I worked over here. Okay, so, so anyway, so here's, so the night unfolded by her and I going to my residence. What bar did you, and now I'm curious, where did you go after the show? Oh, oh, after, I don't even remember. Hold Can on. You, you know. No, I don't. I'm trying to remember exactly where we went. We're oh. caught in the moment. Were you uh, Were you driving? Yeah. It's a good sign that you're driving and can't, in fact, even remember I where you no, went. No, I was just really tired. I wasn't drunk. Uh-huh. I was just really tired. I was really tired. <laughs> That's why I stayed up all night with her. Uh-huh. Is, okay, that, a, is so, that a line that comes out of your mouth a lot? I'm, I'm just really so tired. And I, I, uh, went to, uh, we went to my residence wait, after that. In a few minutes, we'll, uh, it, it should, everything should be. And uh, we sat by the fire. Oh. How romantic. And we, uh, we talked about uh, French Renaissance poetry. Stop. I drank champagne. Um, did you get uh, it at the plaid? Did she get a discount? <laughs> did you get the cook? We actually, up it for we the actually went to a plaid pantry yeah. down the street from where I live to get the beer. Um, <laughs> is there, is there a secret plaid pantry discount? No, but there's one down the street from where I live. I don't know. I asked her about that. I'm like, do you get a discount? So we picked up some Blue Moon Ale, actually. And then we uh, we just talked all night. All right. And, and you so, said you read a book. So did she stay on your couch and you stayed in your room? Or did you give her the bed and you stayed on the no, couch? No, because if she stayed the she night. Went, she went to the guest bedroom and I went to my mask. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then, uh, did, I mean, you're covered in body glitter. And by the way, I think this guy really nails it when he says... He says, well done, Tabby. You slept with a guy that treats a woman to a hummus plate, doesn't bathe, and is a member of the pimp squad. Well done, Tabby, indeed. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think he speaks for all of us there. So, Hold on. Another text message is coming. Oh, uh-huh. He thinks this is hilarious, by the way. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, well, so did you I, I, did I, I, want I, feel the deal? I don't know. Uh-huh. What? Come on, sir. What? You come on here. Oh, you're talking dude. about it. We all want to know if you had sex or not. Quit, quit being coy. Come on. Let's bottom line it. No, actually, he was in the back saying how much he liked her. So, okay, I, I like this girl. Come on, hey, look. Her and I 
held hands and Richie, stop your thoughts. Hold on. Hold Richie, on. Is there, Richie, do you know anything that Timmy's not revealing? I wish I had audio. Do you, I, I mean, what What do you know that we don't? Uh, nothing. That's all I know. He knows. He's trying to be a good friend. They're trying to keep it in the pimp squad. What, is this like some sort of guy? If she's thing? listening right now, she can call in. Tabby, if you're listening, 503-733-2970. Feel right. free. All right. Uh, because I... You know, like I said, I think she's kind of cool. Dan wants to know if, uh, let's see, Dan emails in and says, uh, hey, how would Tabby feel about her picture being posted? Well, you let her know. You ask her about I it. I can probably put it on the MySpace. You, well, at, why don't you ask her? Ask her if that's a, if she how she feels about that. So anyway, we we woke up. Well, we woke <laughs> up? Wait a <laughs> she minute. She this latest email from Aaron. No. But she had a voice guy to say, the Rick Emerson Show, wrecking relationships since 1998. <laughs> you can listen, but tell your partner to ask before listening. Seriously. <laughs> she woke up in the other room, and I woke up in mine. And the, uh, Did you make her breakfast, at least? My butler uh, roused us. Do you live alone? Do you have a roommate? I have, I have, you have several roommates. <laughs> do you, I mean, really, no, honestly, do you live alone? Yeah, and I, I was kind of worried because we were we were talking quite loud last night, and I thought maybe uh, our my roommates would be mad. So wait, you how many do, roommates? How many? Okay, yeah, seriously. Three. So you have, wait. It's you and three guys. No, one girl and uh, two guys. You. There are four people <laughs> living in your place. That's a pretty big place, Richie. You've seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty big place. And I, okay. Big house. I don't know about. Well, I mean, I don't know about you all, uh, but I mean, there was at one point in my life I lived with several roommates when I lived at the house of dudes, and I. I don't know. I don't know. I lived with four girls before. I mean, are girls the same way? I mean, did would girls when you lived with four girls would they bring guys back to the oh, house? Oh yeah. That was yeah. I, I always thought that's what her place uh, was meant for. I just that was just weird. I, I I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I think that's just a little it's a little strange. All right. Well, so you brought her back and you guys drank Blue Moon and had lovely conversation, and you're still covered in body glitter. And your text message you did the next day, which which is a good sign. So she hasn't completely shunned you. Right. What are you trying to Did imply? Did you make future plans? Did, Did you, you oh, that's, a that's a good question. Is there a future date happening? I don't know. That's kind of. A, I told her it's kind of a, the ball is in her court. She might be on one of those lines. She probably called in. All right. Well, to be fair, I really do think she's uh, quite attractive. I mean, and that's a Rick cell phone. Really smitten. No, that's a true. And that's you know what? That's a cell phone picture taken. You know, this morning. Uh, and she's from Utah, but not Mormon. She, well, that would actually explain a lot. See, she that's totally exactly looks, why Rick She totally attracted. looks Mormon, and I mean that as a compliment. She said she used to pretend that she was Mormon. Uh, she could pull that up pretty easily. Uh, let's do a couple of these, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, hi, Rick. I want to I be the first in the pool to see how, how long before they end up at the Ace of Hearts. <laughs> Richie, uh, I'm sorry, Richie. Uh, Timmy Ryan, have you ever gone to the uh, to the Swingers Club? No. Has Richie invited you to go with him? Kind of, yeah, a little bit. I think there was, there was talk of it. I think there was talk of it one night. But I'm scared. He doesn't like Sharon, so. Me? Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. What? Really? Well, look. The the guy was just trying to play pool with his girl last night for, on a first date, and he was getting upset about it. Yeah, well, no, because this, guy was, being a, this guy was being a bastard about it. I mean, Wait, hold it, on. It wasn't like he just wanted to play pool. It's pretty obvious oh. what he was doing. Let's hold on. Let's stop. When you say he doesn't like sharing, <laughs> are you... Are you saying that you you feel it? Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I don't know. I was we were in conversation about the pimp squad and what if you know how do we get initiated in and stuff like that. And we were saying, hey, we got to bring a girl in and share. <laughs> Are we really having this conversation? I, I like to point out, I didn't say that. This is wait, let me understand this. So brainstorming. So this is so this is so to get jumped into the pimp squad. You've all got to have you, sex with the same girl. Kind of like the gangsters do. You know how they jump you in, they they beat you up, and I was like, well, if it's a true pimp squad, you got to bring a girl in. 
Wait, would this be at the same time? Or and like, no, 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 no. No, because that would be weird. No, that would be that'd be, that'd be weird. Oh, God, that's no. over. That's beyond the pale. Tim's hairy. All right, thank you. <laughs> Fine. What? All Not right. really, though. Fine. I'm pretty clean. Oh, Jesus. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson. Okay, we're done. All right. Okay, so, uh, okay, Timmy Ryan. Well, Timmy, if you like her, you've got to... You know, really grow a pair and her? call her and book a date. Ben, yeah, and if you want her not to listen to the show, <laughs> I think it's too I would, late. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. There's even glitter on your clothing. How? Is that the same? Is that the same shirt you had on last night? Oh, oh God. God, Jesus! All right, all right. Okay, I didn't get a chance. I didn't get a chance to take a shower this morning because her and I went out to breakfast. Or to put on a different shirt. Did you? Oh, the coven sauce. Yeah, I was at the, and then did you Rich, pay for her breakfast? Of course. Of course. No, I bought her breakfast. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Know, I? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, you're all class. After a night of holding hands and thinking true thoughts, I was hungry. All right. Well, clearly there's more to be mined here. Um, all right. Uh, well, okay. Um, well, yeah, set up another date. Should I? Sarah, what should his next move be? Let's assume for the moment that they had relations. What should his next move be? Does he wait? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just, obviously she's listening to the show and she's listening to us right now, so it's kind of pointless whatever advice I give. I tell I'm her, just saying. I tell her maybe, well, for her. Body glitter? Come on. No. <laughs> and then for you, if you like her, yeah, call her. Especially since now you've talked about how much you do like her. And I do. Awkward. I think she's cool. She, you know, she's all right. Well, how, then, then don't be she? a jackass. And uh, she's her. 22. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, well, we'll clearly talk about this at some some future point. Of so, course. Uh, we'll make it a, we'll make it a whole show topic. Yes, we will. All, all right. right. Well, congratulations to me. She's very attractive. Well done. <sighs> all right. Congratulations. Way to go, Timmy Ryan. You're finally a man. Mom. <laughs> yes, before I was just a boy. Does that mean she's only one-third jumped in? <laughs> well, Adam saw her last night. <laughs> All right, Tim Ryan, thank you. Tim Riley preparing news for Around the Corner. State at the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson radio program. Well, maybe we'll do this and then the top five. Because, uh, Tim, you are sticking around instead of running off to do news because we're doing the tram ride today. Yes, I'm going to be able to do both. Fantastic. All right. Tram ride happening today at uh, 4 o'clock. Uh, Sarah, Tim, myself, and Richie. Uh, tomorrow, Scott Daly uh, with his Cloverfield review and so forth. It's five, I feel like something else is happening tomorrow, but I can't think of what it is. Yeah. 503-733-2970, the Ministry of Truth. It's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. We just learned that the Directors Guild of America has reached a tentative deal with producers following six days of negotiations. The pact was just announced amid widespread uh, speculation that they'd reach an agreement with the majors. The DGA deal amps up the pressure from all sides on the leadership of the uh, WGA, which has been on strike since November 5th. So, maybe they'll settle with the uh, writers next, since they just settled with the directors. So that is good news. Uh, time for a snuff watch. Here's your snuff watch for Thursday. It seems like this guy dies every six months. <laughs> I don't even know who we're talking about. Richard Neer, the co-founder of the toy company that popularized, uh, popularized the hula hoop, the frisbee, and other fads that became classics, is dead. Again, 
He's 82. I understand. I swear, I read this guy's little bit every six months. <laughs> you can't keep him down, Tim. Uh, Care, who started a whammo back in 1948 with his childhood friend, Spud Mellon, <laughs> died of Methodist Hospital after uh, suffering a stroke. Care uh, and Mellon got their start in business peddling slingshots. They named their enterprise Whammo after the sound a slingshot made. They branch out into other sporting goods, including boomerangs, crossbows, and added toys, such as the Super Bowl slip and slide and silly string. But a friend told them in 1958 that a large ring used for exercise in Australia, well, they devised their own and called it a, a hula hoop. Around the same time, they bought the rights to a plastic flying disc invented by Walter Fred Morrison, who called it a Pluto platter. Well, they renamed it the Frisbee, and the rest is history. <laughs> Uh, this, art, this article is full of bad rhymes <laughs> and terrible syntax. Mm -hmm. So uh, the uh, toy maker, Richard Kerr, has died again. <laughs> At the age of I don't remember any of these other deaths that you're referring to. <laughs> All right, well, there you go. He's dead. We'll be back in six months. We're going to die again. So the uh, latest poll over South Carolina, if you want to believe it or not, shows John McCain edging up Mike Huckabee, 29 to 22%. Mitt Romney, third place, 13%. Uh, Fred Thompson ranks fourth with 10%. And so would you, would you do that one more time, please? Who was first? John McCain. And this is in South Carolina? Yeah. Well, you know, South Carolina is where McCain got creamed last time. Mm -hmm. uh, that was his Waterloo. Yeah. Uh, in 2000. That's when uh, Bush was, I'm sorry, someone alleged to be associated with the Bush campaign was spreading those rumors that he had an illegitimate, I don't know, that he had some biracial love child or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, all right. well, they're all for it this time. Yeah, okay. And uh, nearly half the residents responded to the poll who named a candidate that they could change their mind about. Right. So, who knows? Uh, let's do these, then we'll do the top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, yeah, I'm a long-time listener, big fan. Uh, I have a small question for you, though. Yeah. After your program, I'm not going to name what comes on, but their catchphrase is, this is a show that is not done by a right-wing racco or a convicted felon. And since you're on after Dennis Miller, I wanted to know what your felony was for. Oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no one tipped me off that there would be humor in this call. I'm sorry, sir. Okay. See, I mean, that's one of those where it's like there's really no response. Like, I just have to wait for him to get the joke out and then hang up. Right. That was pretty funny. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi, who's this? Tabby. Tabby. Oh, how did I know this was Tabby? Hi, Tabby. <laughs> oh. Hi. Tabby, are you really 22? Yes, I am. All right. You're are you at work? Huh? Are you, are you at work right now? Oh, no, I don't work till tomorrow. Are you calling from home? Yeah. Do you, uh, do you live alone, if I can ask? Oh, no, I have two roommates. Okay, so you're not living with your parents. Oh, no. She's 22, Rick. I know it. Like it's I out of the question. I've been with my parents since the day I turned 18. Like it's out of the question for a 22-year-old to live with one's parents. I was just asking. Because they didn't go to her place last night. They went to Timmy's. And so uh -huh. I was wondering with their roommates, with their parents, maybe she's going to school. You know, who knows? So what does Timmy's place look like? Was it clean? Was it dirty? Um, it's pretty nice, actually. Uh, and so were any of the roommates home? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Richie, Richie uh, did you meet Richie yet? Oh no, I haven't met Richie. All right. Um, I met Adam. All right, and uh, you haven't you haven't met the other the other member of the Pimp Squad. Oh. Um, no. Did did, <laughs> did Tim? Wow. Did Timmy Ryan mention that he's a member of a group called the Pimp Squad, Tabby? Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, he did tell me that. How, what was your response you when you heard that? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, everyone got their things going on, so, you know, not a big deal. <laughs> Well, that is true. here at all work at the Plaid Pantry. That's that's true. When now, if I can ask this, if you don't mind me asking, do you work in the afternoon? Because I go over there a lot, and I don't. I've never seen you there. Yes, in the evening. In the usually. evening. All right. I've been working three or four days lately. What is uh What does Timmy usually buy when he comes into the Plaid Pantry? Uh, well, one time he bought beer, <laughs> and I don't even know what he bought last time actually. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Richie. I can't remember. We were just talking. <laughs> In fact, I think he had like a uh, he had to stay at the at the station for a while. Yeah. Does he ask you to listen to him on the radio? Uh, he said he was going to go on there, and he, he I kind of overheard him on the phone. And then uh, he said he was going to go on. He's like, you can turn on there and see what I say. And I was like, okay, whatever. Now, did, now, Have you ever heard his Timmy Ryan seventy seconds of your life you'll never get back? No. Well, uh, well, we, I'm going to find one for you. Well, let me ask you this. How long after meeting uh, Timmy Ryan uh, did he say to you, you know, I'm on the radio? Oh. Was it like the first time you talked? Well, the first time he said, I work over at KUFO, and I was just like, right on. You know, I didn't really know what he did. Right. Didn't know that he was like on the radio, yeah. you know? Because yeah. it's like, right on, dude, you know? And then um, actually the second time we met, he was like, I'm going to be on the radio. You should call in. And I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yes. Did you want to hear him on the radio? I have a... I have a a news thing that he does every day. Would you like to hear uh, some of Timmy Ryan's radio work? Yeah, I heard some of it when I was calling. I yeah. Okay, well hold on. Let me before we do that, uh, Richie Bristol, who's another the third member of the Pimp Squad, uh -huh. um, he has said, "Ask Tabby about the back rub." Yeah. What What is the back rub, Tabby? Oh, I gave Timmy a back rub last in, night. <laughs> in, in at home or in public? No, at home. Because he is covered with glitter he today. He took his shirt off. Oh. oh wow, we're all sort of cringing. Um, he he is covered in body glitter today. Yeah, definitely. Now, of course, I will be a gentleman and respect everyone's privacy. But do you suppose that uh, is the back rub the sole reason that he might be covered in glitter today? Uh, yeah, and hugs and yeah. Were these were these very was special it, hugs? Was it violent cuddling? Violent cuddling. <laughs> yeah. No, we did cuddle up a little bit though. Um, all right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We'll probably uh, talk to you again at some point in the in the very near future, Tabby. Thanks. Right thanks on. so much for joining us today. Hey, by the way, I have seen your photographs. You're a very attractive lady. So, uh, Thank you. So, well, oh, and I, I do uh, douse myself in glitter quite often. You do. Just, I just where do you put it. it on? Is it like on your arms? Um, no, I put. I just dump it over my head. <laughs> and it falls all over. <laughs> you know, she seems kind of free. I can see that it working for you. You seem kind of free spirited. You do seem rather. You are very bubbly. You're very, uh, very, uh, whatever. Um, Thank you. So, uh, yeah, so Timmy has a photograph that he took of you this morning. Now, I know he's going to. I know he at one point had floated the idea of, of putting that on his MySpace page or something, but I know That's he's. Cool. Gonna, he's Really? So you would be okay with that? Yeah. All right, so you would not mind. Uh, no, I mean, if you're... I was just woke up and. <laughs> yeah. No, you look very nice. It's a very nice photograph. Uh, but you would you would not have a problem with us perhaps posting that because people are sort of curious because Timmy Ryan has you know he's uh, uh, known to some extent to the audience and they're curious as to you know they've heard the saga of your date and they were kind right of curious on. as to what you looked like so you're okay with that? Yeah, definitely. All and right. Tabby, do you want Timmy Ryan to call you and ask you on a second date? Uh, sure. Okay, because I know cause he's like, well, I told I'd love to. He, was, aw he was awesome. I like Timmy. Really? Well, I'm yeah. gonna ask you this on a scale of one to ten, where would you rank last night's date? 
had a blast. Um, I guess, yeah, like nine and a half, ten. Uh, nine and a half, ten. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Excellent. We All right. Tons of fun. All right, Tabby. Well, thanks so much, Tabby. We're gonna uh, we're gonna take a little break now. But All right, good talking to you. Tabby, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the program. Okay. Okay. All right, thanks, Tabby. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Now. I'm gonna put Tabby in hold. Let's take a break. We're back after this. Tippy sounds like a fun-loving gal. Waiting for her to be attacked by birds. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Stay there. Don't go anywhere. All right, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. How much do we have? Four minutes? Five? All right, let me quickly do these, and then we'll do a supplemental Britney watch. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, so just exactly how much nitrous oxide does it take to get a girl like that? <laughs> well, um... And please tell me. I, I don't I, I don't really know. I suspect that may be Tabby's natural happy state. Oh, wonderful. And she's, that, that treasure has been right across the street all this time? Wow. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Uh huh. That's girl on girl violence right there. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. One oh, more. Okay, bitchin' uh, Family Guy reference. So uh, last season, Brian meets this uh, this blonde girl named Jillian. Doesn't want Stewie to meet her, so he finally tags along, and he sits down and he's like, "Wow, she's actually beautiful." And he sits down there and she's talking for a little bit, and, and Stewie goes, "Oh, I get it. She's a moron." Okay. Now that's just that's cruel, sir. All right, thank you. Bye now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's your supplemental Britney watch. This is going to horrify you, by the way. tell you right now just you know how we always say what could britney spears do that she hasn't done how could she i'm going to tell you this is two parts part of this is written part of this is visual the visual is so bad sarah is actually agonizing about whether to even put it on her blog tim you want to do the first part yes britney spears hasn't died yet but the associated press has an obituary already written should something happen That's fantastic uh, apparently uh, the ap entertainment editor jesse washington has confirmed that he tells us weekly, we would never w wish any type of misfortune on anyone and hope that we would never have to use it, say, until 50 years from now. But if something should happen, we have to be prepared. It is not uncommon for news organizations like the AP to have obituaries prepared. For high-profile people, the unusual thing is that they're usually peppered for the very sick or aged. All right. Um, Sarah, do you, want to take the, uh, do you want to take the rest? No. No, no. I mean, you, you have to... You have to at least tell people where it's posted. Okay. Well, I, I just posted it on my site, and I put a big warning. I, I'll just say it if you don't want to say it. You say it. Should I say it, or should we shock people with it? People can't be shocked. Look, I'll just tell you. Uh, here's here's the photo. And just when you think Brittany can't do anything worse, just when you think she can't horrify us anymore, just when you think she's sunk as low as she possibly can. Remember those rumors that Britney Spears is oh. pregnant? You, remember those rumors that Britney's pregnant? Here's how we know Britney is not pregnant. Britney is... Just been photographed walking around in what we might call period underwear. Walking around with no pants on in blood-soaked underwear. See? You, like how you're all, you went on say it a second ago, and now you're, now you're right on the train. Uh. 
The end. SarahXDillon.com. The song sounds downright morbid sometimes. I mean, it really. Right. Well, okay. There we go. Hey, thanks. Uh, all right, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins and Steve Castamom, as well as uh, Timmy Ryan and uh, Tabby. Uh, also, um, uh, uh, Dorothy Carcassera from the National Enquirer. Join us tomorrow when our guest will include Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com with his view, uh, review of Cloverfield. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the Revolston Horrified. Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio, proud part of CBS, the Tiffany Network. Uh, Tim Riley in the newsroom, Richie Bristol on the phones, uh, CBS Radio, Portland Marketing Guru, Susan Reynolds. Bridget from upstairs is our imagerist. And uh, Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. Like us next. Like us 101.5. See you all tomorrow at 11. Tram ride for us at 4. Ah. Bye now. The sheets are red and moist. Where